Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Universal Dialect Show, show number 19. I'm your host, uh, Chris Cypher73 Cabrera, uh, and I have great guests on today. Uh, one I've known for a very long time, and one I just got introduced to right now. Um, you have Asan Swanbook, uh, Swanberger Brooks, and you have yeah. Scarlet Monk, and combined they formed the group Mugs and Pockets. How are you guys doing? Super good. Amazing. All right, so let's look. I got to go through my normal thing, which is the introduction. So, Scarlet Monk. Well, first off, both of you are multimedia Renaissance artists, which is a term that Swam just came up with an hour ago in our Instagram uh, chat. But uh, Scarlet Monk, you're a producer, MC, singer, dancer. You also do artwork, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what's what's your medium of choice? Like, are you a painter? Do you do all of it? Like, draw? Like, what's your medium of choice? Um, painting and oils, and that's pretty much it. I've been a more of a performance artist most of my life, and right. really, it's just Swam that introduced me to art less than a year ago, six months ago. So that's how long I've been painting. That's it. No, that's dope. That's dope. <laughs> Still a beast, though. And Swam, I mean, you haven't you have done nothing. What have you done? No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Swam does everything. Go, let's go. Swam does let's everything. Go. Right. He's an MC. I mean, he's a singer. I mean, I, I saw a video of you cutting up, you know, so you dance too a little bit. So a little bit yeah, of yeah. a merengue in you. Um, <laughs> Word. Word. um and also your artwork. I mean, yes. for me, it's a balance for me, like what I love more about what you do, which is your music and your artwork, because you know, your artwork is so awesome. Um, but you do uh, painting, you do uh, you draw. Do you do digital? Did you get into that realm? Yeah, yeah. Basically, I I draw on the Cintiq, but uh, it you know it vector vectorizes everything right. that I you know. So been heavily into that. Right. I got so into so that world ahead. through uh, Travis Blaze actually uh, animator. Okay, I was gonna ask you that. How was that transition? Because I know that you started off as a painter drawer. And then yeah. going into the digital art is not always the easiest thing because I suck at drawing. That's why I got into digital art because it's easier for me. Right, right, right. <laughs> but everything is still drawing, you know, right. but basically, like, I always wanted to be as good as I was with colored pencils. So right. I went from colored pencils to, like, oil pastels and then oil pastels to actually painting, like, with acrylics. And acrylics, they kind of move kind of like colored yeah. pencils. You know what I'm saying? It was the closest one. Then I got into more markers and, you know, spray paint and things like that. I got introduced to spray paint from uh, oh, DEFCON 5, man, DC5. Shout out to Shred. Shout out to Kane uh, from Chicago. And then uh, from there, like, I started doing more and more uh, acrylic stuff and got really, really good to the point where, like, my actual uh, paintbrush felt like an actual color pencil, you know. And then uh, when I met Travis Blaze, man, some odd years ago, like, then we got into, oh, well, I got into, like, uh, doing stuff on the Cintiq, you know, which is basically a, you know, monitor that you can right. draw, you know, and, uh, yeah, from there, like, I started doing a, a bunch of flyers, a bunch of posters, and then, you know, t-shirts, and now just, you know, bigger pieces that I can actually print out. Right, so, essentially, you, co you cover everything. You're cover at the everything. point where, right now, you cover everything. Yeah. So, Scarlet, Ladies first, I'm going to start with you. Um, I, I don't know much about you. I apologize. But you're part of a niche where you you're, you branch out in a lot of different things. So I, I would imagine you're hard to track down. 
So let's let's get into your like your origin. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh because it's true. Right. When, when you get involved in a lot of different things, it's hard to track somebody down because I mean you, you just don't know where to find them sometimes, or they'll pop up and you'd be like, oh, I didn't even know they existed. But um, what's the origin story of of Scarlet Monk? Can you can you get into in detail the origin story, please? Oof. <laughs> um, well, I guess I'll start with the origin place, which yes. would be Chicago, where I feel like I kind of you know, found my teachers and find found my style and footing as, as an artist. So, I mean, that's, it's a lot to ask because like, as you said, I do a lot of things. So I did music there. I did dancing there. I didn't really start producing until maybe like mm, six years ago or so, even though the way I sang and recorded was sort of like producing or like um, making compositions. But at the time it was only with my voice because that's all I had access to. So right. in college, I went to school for uh, vocal performance, which was more classical, but I also had uh, a jazz teacher. I sang with a jazz band, um, a big band for a little bit, um, a jazz combo. So I was pretty much introduced to a lot of things all at once. And once I graduated, that was kind of like, well, I don't have these musicians around me anymore. So before, if I had a class in like composition, I could, I had friends in school next to me that I could try out these ideas on. And then once I graduated, it was just basically me. I bought a Mac uh, GarageBand cam already on it. Yeah. <laughs> but then I would just started recording mm -hmm. my voice in layers, pretending I was these instruments, not necessarily trying to sound like them, but just right. to cover either the range of them or like one's more melodic or whatever, which later, you know, I started doing vocal looping and a lot of people do that, you know, just, just to kind of be like the one person band all with the voice, but I wasn't very good at beatboxing. Like, <laughs> and I had no one really next to me to teach me. And I felt like that all sounded really weak. So little by little, I was like, where, where's the happy medium for me? And which was starting to use Ableton live. So I was like, okay, I can do the production for like the bass and the drums, the bigger things that I know I can't really get my voice there without mm -hmm. putting in so many years, right. you know, I'm trying to <laughs> make everything as efficient as possible. So let me focus on the strength of, of my voice and do kind of like the vocal layers, harmonies, melodies, and the, the other, the bottom half have something more powerful, I guess. Right. So, so that side of it <laughs> but you're not originally from america so you're originally from from poland, from poland. right mm -hmm. okay yeah, and so, so what why why the move from poland to to chicago or just to the united states overall was that like financial reasons or well i was 12 so it wasn't right. really my you know my choice i spent right. most of my life in chicago but i got there when i was 12 so you know it was it was my, my parents decision and Poland, you know, when I when I was born, that was still kind of like the end of communism and that sort right. of food rations, that sort right. of thing. So by the time I was 12, it was better, but it, it not that many opportunities, really. I grew up on a farm in the middle of nowhere. So <laughs> I guess my parents are, you know, especially my dad wanted kind of to 
branch out and 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 see what else is out there. So and and uh, Chicago has you know a huge Polish community, yeah. so that's kind of where. Okay, there we go. That's what I was getting at. Sponsor, yeah, you need a sponsor, somebody to sign for you, so you don't just show up in a different country and not know anyone. So that's where we found somebody. So. Yeah, I asked that because I know that Poland has a history. It's not always a positive history. People do things for certain reasons. And I know that your parents probably were like, yeah, I want a better life for my my child. I don't know if you have siblings. If they, you know, yeah, so I, I do. Them. And honestly, out of everyone in my family, I'm the one who like <laughs> America was like, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> you know, even when I was little on the farm, I was listening to American music and watching, uh, you know, TV shows, films from America. And to me, just like Hollywood was just like the thing, you know, I was right. listening. Madonna material girl and I was like yes that's where I'm going that's what I want so so when it, it you know the opportunity came up to move to America for me was just like yes that's normal that's that's what's what I imagined happening I didn't imagine myself being on a farm for the rest of my life so so yeah. when you got to Chicago and you started messing around and getting into music were you aware of that because Chicago has a a, a huge history with music well just right, art but, in general no uh, swam knows knows that at all but... <laughs> at all no because okay. when i was 12 and i got to chicago it was nothing like the movies it was nothing like hollywood <laughs> right it was just like bungalows <laughs> and like you know what i'm saying there was nothing yeah, and in my in my school i was you know grammar school at the time mm. the choir was they you know basically just like learning do re mi like no one you know it was just like little school plays little this mm. i didn't get back into trying to do music until high school so basically the first whatever years nothing musical nothing dance related at all it was just like wow. almost forgetting that part of myself right. until I got to high school which was Whitney Young High School um, it was a magnet school and had a wonderful program like even our dance teacher was um a former former uh, Alvin Ailey teacher I mean oh, uh, Ailey. A dancer yeah, yeah. so and, and amazing choir director we mm. had like the whole thing where we um our choir did competitions with other high school choirs so they took it seriously and actually brought a voice teacher to school in high school which is like you know you would take one-on-one -on -one lessons if you wanted to and if you were in choir which is not really something high schools do you know and I just kind of got lucky to be in that environment where in high school maybe like my junior year I started being around people who were right. serious and that was good and it was also bad because <laughs> these <laughs> dancers they've been dancing since they were three and now I'm 16 and thinking like okay it, this is too late for me I can't develop ballet technique at 16 where everybody's just been dancing their whole right. life so it was yep. just it was in Poland <laughs> you know even though I was like 10 years old whatever I was like obviously the best singer dancer entertainer everywhere you get yeah. to chicago with, you know people who have been dancing since they were four and you're like right because you go from this to this Ugh. yeah you're nobody nobody yeah. cares everybody's yeah. better than you <laughs> because i haven't been training i haven't been practicing i've been you know barely singing along with the radio yeah so wow i started really everything again in college you know mm. But th I think that's good, though. You had a fresh start, right? You know, I had a fresh start, and and you went into I, it with a different frame of mind because as a kid, exactly, yeah. not that mature. was the biggest thing. That was the biggest thing because every time 
I made these decisions. I, I knew they were mine. They weren't like my parents. They weren't, you know, it was just like, if you put yourself through that, if you make that decision, that's like, I understand I might be a waitress for the rest of my life because I'm pursuing this and I'm doing it anyway. That's a kind of like dedication that, you know, that's <laughs> a awesome. lot of these kids don't wow. have that they were just signed up for, you know, lessons and then they got good. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. So swamp. Yeah. Yo. Your turn, buddy. Let, let's do it. What's your origin story, man? Oh, man. Oh, no, man. don't spare no details either, man. Don't be cheap on me. <laughs> don't be cheap on me, man. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. So the origin story is. Yes, please. Um, I'm going to start with my parents. Um, my parents basically met in Chicago. Um, however, my father being a poet, uh, my mother being a dancer, uh, she uh, basically was trying to do any and everything that she could to get into like the dance world. And then also into, thank you, also into like, um, like different plays and things like this, you know what I'm saying? Because she kind of sort of wanted to act, but her mediums were basically art, like all of the arts actually. Um, but that's where I get my art skills from. And my poetry or my rapping skills, I get that from Pops. You know, so I have a long history, long, you know, family of, of poets. And uh, so with my Pops trying to get with my mother, he ended up having to write my mother poetry in order to get it to her because my grandfather at the time on my mother's side thought that my Pops was a thug. <laughs> and would not allow him to to talk to her <laughs> at all. So he would have to pass uh, the poems to the uncles, right? To get them to my mom. <laughs> some made it, some didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, bottom line is they got together, they had me, you know what I'm saying? Now, now that I'm in the world, the way that I get introduced to poetry and everything, you know what I'm saying, in the arts, was by way of, first of all, playing hide and go seek, right? As almost any kid would, like when you get into a new crib, like we had moved from the south side of Chicago to uh, the suburbs now. So now we're in uh, like Chicago Heights area, right. uh, Glenwood area, where I ended. I would end up going to uh, Homewood Flossmore. Um, but so now that I'm in here, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm a little older. Uh, I get into uh, I get into one of the closets, right? And I, I'm like waiting for my parents, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they don't know that I'm playing hide and go seek, right? So I'm like, you know, my pops will come upstairs. I'll be like, oh man, I gotta hide. And I hid it in his office closet, right? Now, when I'm in the office closet, I end up being in this closet for about, man, about four hours. <laughs> you know what I'm so the reason that I'm in this closet is is for so long is not just because I'm hiding now, but it's because I turned on the light and I see all of these books like stacked notebooks, just stack, 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 right? And it goes from the floor to the ceiling. So this is probably like uh, about like six and a half, seven foot, you know what I'm saying? Right. Ceiling. So man, they they're piling up, right? And I start looking at some of these books and I find out that they're all poems to my mom's. Wow. Yeah. 
And 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 like me as that kid, you know what I'm saying? I start like, you know, scribbling out certain words and putting other words in it, you know what I'm saying? And like Oh, so you were, I, you were his editor, his unofficial <laughs> editor. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, that is the day I became my pop's editor. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> That's dope, man. That's dope. Yeah. So um, a little prior to that, you know, like I had also been introduced um, to like just writing in general from Pops because he was always at, he was at uh, One South Wacker uh, in Chicago at AT&T. And uh, basically like he was kind of moving his way up the ladder, you know what I mean? And ended up becoming like the MC uh, for special events and things like that dealing with AT&T. And so he would always sit at this um, at this couch that we had, you know, and I would sit at the end and like I would basically pretend to be him, you know. So every time he go to write, I go to write. But I I wasn't writing words at that time. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. Right. Yeah. You were faking the funk. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Paper to pen. So then when I ended up, you know, knowing words, obviously, and then like, you know, being uh, able to uh, create sentences and things like this. That was the time when I was in that closet, you know what I'm saying, found it, and that's, you know, became his editor. So after that, um, man, I started kind of introducing myself to other kids on the street that, you know, they 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 rapped and things like this, but it was never the way that I was introduced to it because I was introduced to prose poems, right? So every every so not everything rhymed. But it it had like a structure, right. so that you can tell a story. You know what I mean? So every time somebody be like, "Yeah, I went to the store," and da 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 door, da, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, Stuff right. like that. <laughs> Mine would be like a whole story. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Where it's like the guy went downstairs, and as he was going downstairs, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, type, right, right. like all the details, right? The details. Like what the hell? Like right, right. So my style was totally different, right? Okay. Um, so. It finally got to a point where uh, I started kind of, you know, being a little bit more bold and putting myself into competitions. <clears throat> I was freestyling with the kids on the, you know, on the corner and stuff like that. What, what year is this? Can you tell me what year, like the, around this, this time? Probably, man, this is probably like 89, man. Okay, like, so this is before hip hop was, so was golden, about to explode. Yeah, the golden era of hip hop is here. Right. I was still on a farm in Poland, like Jake the Chickens at this but point. You, but you were dreaming about. That counts. Oh yeah, that counts. So, so man, so we had the John Wayne jackets or the John Wayne shirts. The the, the shirt where you button on the corner. The oh top man, the corner. I, yeah, that was us. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't understand. You don't understand, Scar. That's old school. That's yeah, old the John Wayne joints, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, Did you have the members only jacket too? Members oh, wow. only jacket. I had that. You know what I'm saying? Had the joints with all the zippers and stuff. You know what I'm saying? The Michael Jackson joints. Well, Michael Jackson, oh, yeah, with the glove. You know? Yeah, man. You know? I never had the glove. Never. I always lost the glove. Yeah, yeah. There was somebody. There was a kid in the neighborhood that always lost the glove. Right. Yeah, that was me. You know what I mean, okay, work. So, well, I got so, them dirty. They weren't white anymore. They were like, right. like some beige or some shit. Yep. <laughs> exactly. 
So so then, like as as this time is is happening, man, Miss Pac Man, you already already know, Miss Pac Man was like, it was that shit basically. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was like, okay, this oh, you had is the playing game. it. You had all types of people playing because yeah, Pac Man was, was cool, but Miss Pac Man was the next level. Miss Pac Man was it, right? And so we would always go to the stores. Um, <laughs> it was like the it was the barbecue uh, joints, man. That they would have like this one game and be Miss Pac Man. And then everybody in that circle would be freestyling. And that was like the the in kids, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Like that was like the the it thing, you know what I'm saying? The it factor. So if you could like survive there, then people, you know, people they give you your credit. You know, they give you your credit. So we would always go there. It's like New York. If you can make it there, you can right, make it right, there. Right, right, exactly. Well, Chicago's, I mean, come on, well, Chicago's Chicago. very much yeah, like New York. City, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was so much competition. Yeah. Mm. So, um, we always go to this this um, you know, a barbecue shack, and um, so was, at the time it was me and my cousins. So it was me, my cousin William, uh, my cousin Jabari, Masood, and like um, and like my cousin Fran, and so <laughs> we would never like go up there to rap. But that's you know sometimes that would that would happen, and we would rap almost like as a fam, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> like each the, and every like one the Jackson of us, Five of rap, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know? <laughs> so each and every one of us had different styles, right? And they are the ones that taught me, um, like man, this is that in '79 when Sugar Hill Gang came out, right. they were the ones that was like jumping on. I had a headache that day, and they were jumping on the bed doing the rap and i thought they made up the rap at the time so that's how we like had such a history together now i remember they were eating pomegranate that's it's, it's a wild right we were when they'd be like yo where were you when this happened it's like i was on the bed with a headache jumping on it and they was eating pomegranate and i didn't want to have any parts of it so when i finally got older i'm still hanging with my cousins but now all of us know how to rap fran too because Fran was listening to J.J. Fad. <laughs> wow. Yes. J.J. Fad. Yes, man. So, so, so we, you know, we had our whole little group, but we wasn't stressing it like that. So then when we would go to the spot, we would just go get some chicken and fries. And, <laughs> and, um, and the next thing you know, somebody would be popping off, right? And then, like, Will, Will would start. You know what I'm saying? And then uh my uh Masood, he was you know smaller at the time. Masood would start, I would start, right? By the time Fran would start, there would be like an actual um like a cipher. Like well, no, because in Chicago, you know, if, if you getting beat, man, like <laughs> they not really they competitive to the point where it's like, all right, now we about to fight. Oh you know we ain't Okay, we, we ain't yeah. with the whole let's come back on some, you know, now I'm going to be better than now. Nah, we about to fight. You know what I mean? So here's when Rudy, Rudy Jr., right? Uh, he was the biggest of us all, but he didn't rap. He was the comic kid. He was, he the, was the muscle in the comic kid. Oh, man, he wasn't trying to be the muscle. He ended up being the muscle because he would always stick up for us. You know right. what I mean? So he would come in, right? And he'd be like, yo, you messing with my... Before he could get any words out, he was always the one that got jawed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yo, you're trying to... And that would cause such a disruption that all of us would run out and we would be saved, you know? 
I got you. I got you. I got so it you. took him being jawed, you know what I'm saying? So that was my early years of like understanding what ciphers were. You know what I'm right. saying? It's like somebody always about to get hit in the face and then we all run it. You know what I mean? So anytime there was a cipher that came together, I was always like, ah, shit. You know oh, what I mean? Something, something about to happen, yeah. Something about to happen, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I would never exert my skill. Like I would never do, you know, do that because. Oh, so you I, held back? I held back. Oh, yeah. wow. That's not cool. I held back. All right, I got you. So, yeah, and it wasn't until, it wasn't until like when I started, um, like after high school, man, like I was still practicing all my skills. I was still, and I, but I was like more of a dancer because back, um, that's when I started doing more of what my moms was doing. And I was in a crew called COD Posse, Cash on Delivery Posse. <laughs> right? The names, right? The, the dope like, names. The names, the names. <laughs> we had black and gold, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Right? Black and gold. But wasn't and that I, like, black and gold, wasn't that like get risky? To wear yeah, those colors, hell yeah, yeah, hell yeah, man. You just be rocking that shit. That's, that's Latin Kings colors, isn't that? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So we would always have to claim Neutron. We're like, now nah, we in a dance crew. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we Neutron. We ain't claiming but, nothing. So you know when some, when people step to you, did you have to like bust a move just to let them know, yo, look, man, sometimes, this is what I do. Yes, sometimes, <laughs> exactly. No, man, we in a dance crew. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and do the robot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> to get out of shit. Yeah, man. You had to. Right, so, right, so like um basically like when after that whole thing came about, like I uh one of the dudes in the in the crew quit. And there was one time that I actually um I think the new name was Joseph, Joseph Glass. That was actually <clears throat> name, Joe Glass. Yeah. <laughs> like from Mike Tyson boxing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. His name was Joseph Glass. Oh, and man. uh he quit, and then like uh, I ended up like taking his place just for like one time, and it was at a house party. You know what I mean? And then everybody was like, "Yo!" Like you know, what I'm saying everybody was respecting the skill. So I went from that, and then like when I got to high school and all that, that's when I started really, really pursuing like you know everything. And then uh, when what was it? It was uh, to the East Blackwoods. Uh, X Clan. X Clan came out, and it was like, "Yeah, that's it. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm full fledged with this." And all my cousins, all my cousins at that time, they kind of quit and fell off. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so that was like, I want to say 87, 88, 89. You know what I'm saying? Is basically what I was just describing. You know what I'm saying? So right, right around the time of like ninety, like I was like, I was getting approached by. Um, it was like capital. Um, I was getting approached, and then like they came at me again, like when I got to Columbia College in like '93, right? Um, and then like <clears throat> went from there, I went to college uh on a five or four four year scholarship, but I went there for five years for art management and uh got certified in everything. Everything you see me do, I'm certified right. in. That's um, dope. yeah. So I got my four four year scholarship. I, they wanted me to go to Columbia and New York, but I didn't want to go there because um, I hated New York. <laughs> you know, man. You know, you. old school Chicago cats, man. Like we not fucking with West Coast. You know what I'm saying? Like we love it. You know what right. I mean? But we like now nah, we go. I, I understand. Still here, right? You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? So as all this stuff was coming in, you know, I started doing a promo, man. 
Um, this is a huge thing of what was happening with, uh, this is like when Wu-Tang was like really starting to come out and the Method Man came up, you know, Method Man, M-E-T-H-O-D. Um, and uh, there was one of my guys that actually, um, one of my guys, uh, Alonzo, that started um, basically like a promotions company. So it was me, him, and then like some some cats you hear from Mo Men, you know what I mean? And uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot of lot of folks, man. And then uh, they did, they ended up doing like uh, some big time promotion thing at at Operation Push, and it was one of the first times that like basically Wu Tang did a no show. It was like a no show, and um, and my I remember Alonzo went to jail for that. And then they didn't show up. They didn't show up because he supposedly he was telling me what what had happened. But they got paid basically. They yeah. got paid but didn't show up. So somebody oh. got the fall for it. And he said that somebody really? heard somebody in the background saying, I don't even like Chicago like that. Now, now, peep game. After that had happened, right? There was then something where uh they're, they didn't show up. Alonzo went to Operation Push. He was trying to go to Ticketmaster, all of these places, and try to find out, like, man, like, how can I get these people their money back? Now, the internet is not booming like that. Like, right, it's not prevalent at the time like that, yeah. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So you had to do things face-to-face. -face. So now you got, you know what I'm saying, something like this happening. And then the next thing that comes up is uh, um, he – there's something in the papers. I remember we we going to school, read the paper, and it's like, what? This is the, went to jail for basically what they called a scam, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. And then I don't know if you remember this. This is like a white label joint. Uh, Wu Tang came out with with some uh, joint called Promoters Try to Hold Dough. I don't remember that. Yeah, Promoters Try to Hold Dough, and, and then it was then there started like a big beef with like uh, a lot of people that that. Um, a lot of people in Chicago that just wasn't feeling that. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of record deals that was being put out, like people were kind of, there was like this, there was a lot of this records happening. Right. You know what I'm saying? And at the time, they started like bringing in a lot of people. Uh, promoters started bringing in, Chicago promoters started bringing in a lot of people just to fuck them up. Because they was basically fucking with the flow of everything that was happening. And right. then- then that's when all of a sudden you hear Twista coming out with Step to Shia's Suicide and, and that and that that beef with what Tretch and all of those cats. Right. You know what I'm saying? But he, so, he wasn't Twister then. He was Tongue Twister initially, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But by the time, like, uh, he, <clears throat> um, what was it? Tretch was like, uh, Chi-Town niggas are the craziest, right? right? But he was, you know, all across the globe type stuff. Like, when he came here, they was not really, they was not feeling that. Right. But it wasn't his fault. It was because of it what Wu Tang right. did. Exactly. Exactly. Well, it wasn't. I won't. I won't say that it was Wu Tang's fault. More so than that might have just been the straw that broke the camel's back. You know what I'm saying? I'm you. not sure what the fever pitch. You know what I'm saying? Was directly related to. However, those. That's what was happening while I was in college. You know what I'm saying? And this this man went to jail, and all these disc records start coming out. You know what I'm saying? But that's how I formed like relations with the. Uh, a lot of cats from Mole Men, you know what I'm saying? And like Tony Nimble and Capital D, you know what I'm saying? From All Natural. All Natural, yep. Yeah, yeah. Because I was doing the artwork for them at the time when they were doing promotions. 
I'm doing the, per- the preservatives album. You did the artwork um, for that. The... Yeah, yeah, all preservatives, no additives. Yeah, right. So you did the artwork for that. I was I was doing the promo art for them. Okay. Damn, yeah. I didn't know you were connected like that, promo. man. Yeah, when we were doing promo stuff, right. this wasn't the actual artwork on the on the CDs. This because we were doing stuff to help promote them. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like before they ended up. Well, right before I think they they had a deal with Wild Pitch. I think it took the the album took too long and it didn't come out. You know, all right. So yeah. So then after that, you know what I'm saying? That's <laughs> that's more of the modern history. You know, what I'm I got you. Lilliquits and all that. You know. All right. So, uh, Scar, the Scarlet Monk. Uh-huh. Is that a name that somebody gave you? A name? Does it mean something to you? Like, what's the origin story of that name, Scar? Scarlet Monk. Mm, no, I gave the name to myself. Basically, there was. Um, when I was in college, I was doing a lot of stuff. So I, the the main thing was the vocal performance. Um, I also did dance as a minor, was on a dance scholarship, did some theater stuff as well. And there was one point where for my dance scholarship, I needed to fulfill a certain amount of hours creating something for the stage or whatever. And And so, of course... I was trying to combine everything that I do. <laughs> so I wrote yes. I wrote the music score. Um, I danced in it, um, had live musicians on stage with me. Um, at the time I was dating this guy, Josh, whose mom did sewing. So she helped me sew costumes for the musicians that were on stage. So I remember the piece was a it was a percussionist that was kind of just behind the scenes uh, somewhere like off stage, and then there was uh, three people that playing the flute, the trombone, and mm. um, tenor sax, and then I was singing mm. kind of like opera ish stuff while dancing. It was a whole thing. Wow! So <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of work. It was, it was a lot, and I didn't need to. I could have just like choreographed a dance piece but for me it was like let me see how all these things i do like let me try to fit it together so you, know, so you were practice. you were paula abdul before paula abdul kind of. <laughs> but i think that was probably after yeah it was a i know i know she she she's an older woman i'm just trying to give you your props that's all <laughs> and it was a lot more experimental right. yeah I remember you know my family came to see it and they were like what the hell like what is she in college for exactly like i'm the only like artsy artist in the right. family so um but yeah basically I did all that and you know when okay so I was performing but you know when musicians who are not like performers like that are put on stage are kind of awkward mm-hmm. sometimes you know because they would just have to stand there and like you know play the trombone and it's like <laughs> it would kind of take the attention away from me dancing if people were doing awkward things and like looking around and you know it's like I already was thinking like how is this perceived by the audience so what I did with my ex's mom we we um sewed these huge red monk robes for them so then that when the lights hit you know in a very ominous way every time they would lift their arm and like the long robe kind of everything Mm -hmm. looks theatrical then then they become like piece of the art or the dance or whatever smart so <laughs> you know like whatever right. as opposed to these awkward like you know college right after that like, 
just that imagery of me and like these these monks like that mm. I like that a lot because then I was also left with the robes so I did like self photo shoots in my basement like put on the robe and take pictures right. like mm. this so is you, cool. you recycled it instead of uh sorry you recycled yeah, yeah. It instead of just getting rid of it yeah basically so I don't know when I actually came up with the name Scarlet Monk but it just I liked it for a lot of reasons, you know, a monk. I'm actually an very much an introvert, just like he's very much an extrovert, which- Well, he's an extrovert, big time. Oh, I know, <laughs> but I'm just as much an intro introvert as he is. Like, right. I can do the whole, you know, network thing really well, mm -hmm. but I'm so drained and exhausted afterwards. I'll just be in my little cocoon for the next week. <laughs> so yeah. that's just how I work. And, you know, that's something we can talk about later at how we, we kind of find that balance. Mm, right. But like the, the whole monk idea of just kind of, you know, working on your craft kind of in your own place and solitude, observing more than talking, you know, just kind of yeah. having that like observing the world around you and kind of focusing on your path. Like I just, that I related to that a lot. And I like the idea that Scarlet Monk could be uh Scarlet first name, last name Monk kind of right. a thing. Yeah. It's like, which it became more than more people just start, started calling me Scarlet, even though a lot of them put two T's at the end. And every time I'd be right. like, Scarlet, like the color, because right. I also wanted to meet, you know, red monk, you yeah. know? So right. that's red, like has always been like the, passionate color the scarlet letter so it's not necessarily the holiest of monks it's just like a real world yeah, monk that yeah. actually lives their life and you know so, is a passionate person right kind of. so i don't know if you're aware of this because like when because i you know being in this realm and talking to artists like swam and then i know there's always meanings to names and even like my tag has meaning everything pretty much has meaning but i don't know if you're aware of this but um your name scarlet is associated with these words and let me know if they if they stick with you, devotion, sacrifice, mm -hmm. courage, mm -hmm. passion, heat, and joy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everything, the, the joy is the thing that I've been working towards the most lately. Mm. You know, I I think as much as a, a lot of artists, I did get caught up with the whole like sacrifice for your art and for your life a little bit too much. You know, even being from Poland, from a very conservative uh, Catholic country, you know, where it's kind of like the purpose of your life is to bury your cross, you mm -hmm. know, just kind of trying to get that and actually like, I don't know, have a different mindset that life is not just to suffer through kind of a thing, yeah. you know, Um a lot of stuff we do, even with Mugs of Pockets, we definitely take into account, you know conversations about mental health and, and all that other stuff. And just like I said, me being an introvert, you know, one of the best things about why this works and it can work for a longer period of time is because I'm not pushing myself and I don't need to push myself past my limit to make this work. Right. You know, so we, we even think about like, what can we do instead of always doing shows that takes a lot out of me, you know, and like, constantly shaking hands and doing this and doing right. that doing the promo tours where you know uh for me it's like i'll get depressed i'll get anxious mm. you know there's it's just if it's too much it'll be too much and it's like then i'll stop like we don't want me to stop so right. we do stuff like album release parties and combined with gallery shows so you know we we 
put our art up. We're playing our album. It's an album release party. We don't have to perform, but we get to meet with people um, yeah. as much you know, as we want. If anything, I can be like, you do the talking right. and I'll just sit in the background <laughs> right, exactly, and yeah. look mysterious as a monk <laughs> and it works. But it's like those kinds of things like we have to really take into consideration to have longevity. Like even like we're, you know, we're really going to the gym and making sure yeah. we do all of these things that we're eating healthier because like even with the voice, you know, we're both vocalists. Mm -hmm. If we don't eat a certain way, then there's yeah. a lot of issues. You got to take care of your, yeah. that, that's your tools. Your, your, Absolutely. That's you why know. we're always with these teas. And, you know, for, <laughs> for his birthday, we, we did a worldwide tea party on our IG and all these people send pictures drinking tea. It's a mm, little yeah. thing, but it's like if for somebody who always drinks like, you know, Coke or Sprite or something, and they, during the day, one or two of those times for now start drinking tea it's like yeah. it's a thing you right. know it's like we're trying to be healthier and not even on purpose set an example it's just like we're doing that because we want to have longevity longevity exactly you know so yeah that's the that ends up being the lifestyle you know what i'm saying right. but then you you know you're really taking into account like okay i'm an artist this is what it is that i'm going to be doing for a while i need to set myself up for that that type of success you know what i'm saying and being able to i mean being able to work with her like it's man there's so much more that i got to i got i get to learn about you know what right. i'm saying so um, she's introducing you to newer things yeah, and right. vice versa like so it's you. like you know we both become sponges again and then like the music you know what i'm saying it takes it takes on a whole nother you know what i'm saying plane man right. like it's it's on a whole nother level so I'm I'm super appreciative of it, man. Yeah, and that's why people are like, you guys look like you're having fun. And it's like, yeah. aren't you supposed to? Like, yeah, why? well. <laughs> you know? yeah, 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 yeah. We're actually learning. We're learning new things. And it's like, for me, with the music, it's really important for me that we don't, whatever we got to say, that we don't preach. Yeah. Like, people can see us doing it and draw their conclusions from that. But like, whatever we feel passionate about, we're not in our songs preaching like you should do this why are you doing this look yeah, at yeah. these people doing this i feel like people are just like already have like a block in front of them of yeah. people telling them what to do and how to do it because everybody's you know every influencer is <laughs> telling them you're gonna eat this it's poisonous you're gonna mm. die you're gonna you know it's just like there's so much people are just so bombarded that in this time we just need to make music and kind of like look this is how we're doing this is how we're living it's pretty awesome yeah we're, we're learning we're excited <laughs> about it maybe you're creating your own world essentially exactly yeah that's exactly. That and, and your own rules you know because yeah. uh what i've noticed is and it's not a secret like just even in the entertainment industry artists have no control like you guys do i'm saying there's little pockets of artists that have control but most of them they're told what to do where to go what exactly. to say they 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 have to be on social media all the time. Yeah. Plus, they're they're dealing with their regular lives, and they're getting hit with innuendo and all this other yeah. shit from all sides. Yeah, you guys yeah. don't have the control. You guys control what you allow into your your life. Exactly, exactly. That's, that's what I meant about the mental health thing too. People are just getting pushed, and it's just like right. you did this song. Oh, that worked. People like that. Just do that from You're now. Doing on. that right. They can't <laughs> be an artist anymore but it's like right. the thing that you know 
the place I was in to make me create that song, mm. it won't be there anymore because you just took that away. Right. You're you're not allowing me exp- to express myself as an right. artist. You know, 100%. so it's like it sounds like a even for the like same person broken that did, record. It's already a copy. Yeah, exactly. It's already a carbon copy, yeah. even though it's the same artist, because now they're just Yeah. <laughs> repeating well, there's a conspiracy sort of thing i don't want to really get into it with like many <laughs> you know the music industry there's many you said you're right you're right there's many we don't i don't want to really get into it but yeah. you know i'm i'm happy that you guys are doing that and yeah, i've known swam for a long time you know again and i feel like everything he touches is like gold because it's original it comes from his heart it's not manufactured yeah. some sort of like you know studio or something but swam your name okay so Master Killer, Raz Kaz, you got right. MC Killer 9000, you know, oh, you got these yeah, ill names, exactly. everybody wants to be the illest, oh. and then, you know, you have Chilled Tongue Out Swamburger. Swamburger. Yeah. Were you always Swamburger, and how did you, what, where did that come from? Okay, cool. Well, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of what we just touched on, right, right. the reasons that I have that name, um, like, stem from that. You know, they stem they stem from that that type of thinking where it's like, OK, like there's a lot of people out here, you know, and this is during, during that time where you had level Aquanaut and you know, what I'm saying, <laughs> like everybody trying to give themselves something, uh, some bit of importance through their title. You know what I mean? And me, I was all about action. I was always about action. So like for me, it was like it, it was almost like the the medicine in the Twinkie. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to really find out who this person is until, like, actually have a conversation or you listen to the music or whatever, right? See the art. Um, so, Swam, because uh, my real name, Asan, like, but Swam came to me by way of my cousins when we were hanging out, not being able to pronounce my name, Asan, right? So, they kept saying San, Swan, and then Swam, right? And Swan was the one that stuck. And like, even as a, even as a shorty, man, like I was always like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to make that stand for something. Right. So I made a stand for an acronym way back in the day, which was survival with the mind. So the reason why I was survival with the mind and the reason why even survival came up was again, living in Chicago. Wouldn't, you know what wouldn't that be survival with a mind, not the mind? No, it, that's what I said. Survival with the mind. The mind? Uh, mind. Oh, mind. Yeah. So I'm saying the. You hear it. Right? <laughs> no, he, he said, uh, no, you were you saying said, the. You said the. Oh, yeah. okay. So Bible with a mind. With a mind. But I think it's because you're saying it fast. Oh, with the. With the. With the. Yeah, my bad. Okay. No, you're good. You're good. I understand, man. No, but that's I know, a, man. Yo, no, 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 no. Hey, just, but that's see, that's, but that right there, like that is part of the the process. The growth. But of course, of course, watch, which is why I'm such a sponge, you know, for it, because we just talked about that <laughs> name, but like, yo, but it will be in the music as well. It'll right. be in the art. Like if I draw something a certain way, it'll be like, yo, somebody might perceive that this way. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh. That comes from like all the anxiety. That's so dope, though. And the overthinking. I think right. of everything from every point of view is like, right. no, this could mean this or this. Like, that's <laughs> just my, that's why I like, I. I need so much time to like chill. Yeah. It's because right. my my brain is always like, anyway. So and so there's oh, so there's a yin and yang thing going on. Oh my basically. goodness, yes. <laughs> okay, because I, I you know because he'll just go. I'll just like, go. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait. 
You know what I'm saying? But yo, but I'm saying with the amount of of going that I have, I see I always have that. Nothing right. stops. You know what I'm saying? However, like when you give me more to go on, it's like, oh my goodness. And it, it, it's been so much more effective, right? So survival with a mind. There we go. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and then and then and then burger came later. Burger came when I was in college. Burger came by way of a guy by the name of uh, Mizo, right? Or uh, uh, Michael Arizola, uh, and who I believe is in, in the West Coast now, Cali. Um, but he, this was during the time that I had, I had like switched up, you know what I'm saying, my eating and like basically was like trying out uh, vegetarianism, right? And as soon as I did that, like he was like, on he was on it, teasing me left and right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I would come in uh, from school or from classes, and he would be waiting at the door because he knew what time I came in. He'd be waiting at the door with a big, juicy ass burger. Right? That's not cool. Yo, making the juice. <laughs> yo, but on top of this, making the juice drip down his. Oh man. That's jacked up, man. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Making it juice drip down, drip down his chin, right? And then I would just come into this and be like, man, what are you doing? And he'd be like, getting a swan burger. Oh, and, yes, that's yes, dope. Okay. Yes. And that, and then, then I think he surprised his own self because he was like, wait a minute. He said, that would be, that would be a dope name. And then he goes, he said, yo, that would be such a dope name. He was like, because in a world where everybody's talking about, you know, like, again, the level Aquanauts and the Master Killers and, you know, saying this, that, the third. He was like, yo, you could be that one dude that's just like, what is that? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was Honestly, like, that oh. name would pique people's interest to want to know yes. who you are yes. more than Master Killer, right? Right, exactly. Or Plus, especially in that in that realm. He, from what I remember, because I heard the story many times, mm. he basically <laughs> dared you. He dared me, and that was the thing. If you oh, dare, shit. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I dare you to try to make it as an artist with a name like Swanberg. Oh exactly. wow! Oh yeah. Exactly. What's his name? His name's Miguel Arizola. But I'm saying he he had a name like a nickname called Mizo. Mizo, Mizo one, and he was is, also is he... part of our team with. Right. Uh, what we call the last half of human, but because he, he, he sounds doing, familiar, yeah, we were doing the promo for uh, all natural as, as well. Yeah, um, he sounds familiar. Day. Yeah, back in the day. So, so go ahead, so, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, not that good. <laughs> so, so he goes, uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, I dare you, you know, what I'm saying to make it in the industry with a name like that. <laughs> and I was like, I, right. you know, what I'm saying I'm taking that name on. So I did my thing. <laughs> Now, during the time that I was touring with Da Vinci, you know what I'm saying, and everybody, we were um, on tour with Sage Francis, <clears throat> and we played the Henry Fonda Theater, right? Sold out, right? And uh, and during the middle of my set, he, he shouts something out that says, robotic industry, right? Now, this was a song that I did in college that he actually filmed. It was me and him. And we were one of the first people to like actually put a video up, up online and all this other stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
And uh, it was it was actually interactive too. So he, really? he did something. Yeah, he did something. He, he did something that was called. Um, oh man, I forget what it is. But like with robotic industry, um, we filmed like I want to say we filmed in like seven different spots, right? And during that time, he got to learn, you know, the song. So here I am at the Henry Fonda Theater. We had a break in the in the music. And he goes, robotic industry. Yeah, like that. And I was like, yo, there's nobody else but Mizo that knows that song, right. right? So I'm like, Mizo? Like, and this, mind you, we're in front of a huge crowd, right? Oh, we so he's know. in the crowd yelling this out? Crowd, yelling that. And you don't know he's there? And I don't know he's there. <laughs> and he goes, robotic industry. Yeah, like that. And I was like, Mizo? It totally caught me off guard, right? So this is a huge awkward moment in all in all these people, but I didn't care. You know what right. I'm <laughs> so I was like Mizo, and then he was like, then I see him, and I'm like, oh snap! Mind you, I hadn't seen this cat in like mad years. Right, right. This is the college, you know, and so so we get to doing our last songs. You know what I'm saying? And I, I ended up. Um, Everybody, everybody loved it. I ended up going to find him when he came up to the merch booth. He shows up, and the first thing I pull up is a is a Swamburger. It says it on the side, Swamburger vinyl, and I handed it to him and I said, "I did it." Wow, that's dope, man. I did. That's it. Dope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I made it in the industry with it, and that was my first vinyl too. That right. and it, I made sure that it says Swamburger on right. the side. That's you know, pre root, uh, roots of kin, or is that, that a that was that was I believe that was roots of kin actually. Um, so it was, so it was roots of kin, the one where you're on the cover. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, with the with the oh three, oh two or oh three. That was I think that was oh two because yeah it was oh two because um um it was talking about the nine eleven stuff too on the back right. I'm trying to think uh, eighth it dimension was, records. Yep, eighth dimension, and it was nine to five portrait. That was the the it was the first track. Yeah, 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 yep. I remember that. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Nah, because Insomniac was all over that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. So let's jump into this part where you are in Chicago, Uh and you decide to move to Orlando. What was the reason for that? When you know New York is huge, it's blowing up. Cali's huge, it's blowing up. You know yeah. why? And it, I mean, shit. You could have went to Philly. You could have went to yeah, Detroit, exactly. Texas, exactly. really. But like Orlando. Why Orlando? I was in this. I was into skating. You know what I'm saying? Also at the time, and um, skateboarding. Skateboarding. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I was in the skateboarding. So like when I went to Florida, I was like, "Yo, it is sunny all the time here. Right. <laughs> like, right. What's good?" So my dad's job, like I said, went from one South Wacker at AT and T to um AT&T in Altamont right ah. Altamont Florida and, <clears throat> and so while he was there like and I was I was still in college my mom in, uh, eventually ended up moving out there uh with him because she was trying to um sew up some things with her job at Roseland right Roseland Hospital and then um after, after I got done with college I went to go live with them for a little bit just to kind of make sure that they was good. But then I was going to go back to Chicago. Right. 
ended up meeting people doing doing a bunch. Basically, I became the big fish in a little pond, and I right. loved it. You know what I'm saying? And I was so like, was oh, was there a culture already established at that no, time? No, the skateboard culture. Okay, skateboard culture, and then there was BMF. You know what I'm saying? And and they they had like that little um, they had the the fat and jazzy was going on. You know what I'm saying? But there was nothing really that and there was nothing that I saw coming from right. Chicago going right. to Florida. There was nothing. It was like you know. And what year was that that you made the transition? That was uh, '98. Uh, that I actually made the transition to you know to o- to Orlando. I, to Orlando, that was '98. But '93 okay. from '93 is when I actually started going back and forth. But okay, you were going in, back and forth. I was still in college <laughs> during the time, so I would just go there during the summer. All right. You know so you want to hear a story? Yeah. What's up? Okay. <laughs> so it's it, this is around '93, '94. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I moved to Florida from New York in '89. And it's me okay. and my brother, you know, with with my my mother and my stepdad at the time. So anyway, uh, you know, we were really big into hip hop at that time. We mm-hmm. were in our own little group, even though we didn't do anything with it. But we would always go to downtown Orlando. And you mm-hmm. know how downtown Orlando got on the weekends. OK, that 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 walk that everybody used to do where you go like yeah. in this really huge circle. And then, you you know, like for me, you know, I run into girls, get numbers, blah, blah. blah. I run into right, people right. that I knew <laughs> But there was this, always this one spot by the central station. Yeah. Where there were these big ass ciphers that would form. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, I remember. I remember. <laughs> and that's what that's where I met you. I met you. I met you, I met X and the NITE crew around that time. Yeah. I met I met uh Sin Omen who came from Deltona. Yep. They would come ah. down to do that. And I ah. met you. Me and my brother met you. I talked to him last night, and I'm pissed because he doesn't remember, but I remember Ooh. meeting you. <laughs> wow, man. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, man. That's the when I first thing, met the you. The funny thing is about that is that I actually battled them cats. I That's what you were doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was you yeah. battling all these dudes, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I'm like... That was how I was making my name. <laughs> Dude, I would be like, okay, I know they're together, and I know they're right. together, and they're battling, but I'm like, this is one guy by himself, and he's fucking all these dudes up. <laughs> Who is this? I'm like, I'm on his side. Right, right, right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, man. No, you good, you good. <laughs> so listen, yeah, talk, talk a little bit about, like, the roots of Ken, the process. Like, um, right. you said you were going back and forth, right? Yeah. So... Was it something where you handed whoever runs that label a demo and they caught wind of you? Like, how did that whole process go yeah. down? So that's and I promise, I got... Scar, I'll, I'll jump right back into you. <laughs> I'm good. I got my teeth. Introvert. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, went, I basically, that's how I learned more about the industry is, is linking up with Eighth Dimension. And um, like, you know, basically I learned how to become an artist uh, for myself. And not not necessarily just for the industry, and that was because that Gerard Mitchell, who was actually running the the social at the time, you know what I'm saying, with Fat and Jazzy and and uh, BMF and those cats, uh, he got burned in the industry like bad, and like then how? like I don't I don't know the details of right. it, but basically like lost a lot of money, you know what I'm saying, yeah, and then and then vowed to never do that shit again. And like that's when they started being more of a publishing company as well as a label. You know what right. I'm saying? I asked that because I know he was a big influence 
Oh yeah. Out here. And then he just disappeared. And I don't know why. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, so, that was that was it. Like he, right. you know, he got burned and then like came back with a vengeance, basically, and then ended up owning the social. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right. So so um, so then uh after as that was happening, um, Roots of Ken. I was like the big kid on the block, you know what I'm saying? Because everybody's like, who is this? Just like you said, like, who is this one dude taking out all these all these folks or at least trying to? Right, you know what right. I'm well, like, to me, you were taking them out. Oh, they can say I whatever mean, they want. I was taking them out. I was taking them out because I could tell you that, like, when my boy uh, Shy from uh, Firestone, he would do, like, an, uh, his events there. And like there would be battle events, and I would just, you know, during the time, man, my people were like juice, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Like so, you know what I'm yeah. saying? These are folks who I was like trying to rhyme against. You know Those what were kill they're killers. Those are killers. Hey, yeah, man. man. And you like, <laughs> yo, you know, you're gonna get crushed by these cats. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But so you learn. Like, yeah, exactly. But but for me, I was always like, I'm always the kid that's like, man, I don't care who that person is. I'm. <laughs> Like you gonna see me, you know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, right, right. So, so I would just try, you know what I'm saying? And um, it finally got to that point where out here in Orlando, well, out there in Orlando, where like um, I was doing, like, man, I was doing every <clears throat> show, you know what I'm saying? Whether it was freestyling or whether it was showcasing what it is that I was able to do, and looking for producers, looking for jazz heads, because that's who I vibed with the most. Um, because I could also run different time signatures, you know what I'm saying? So anytime I was at like a hip hop spot, the next time I would be at like Dante's, you know what I'm saying? Uh, which was what it was called before it was called Pulse out there in Orlando, Florida. Um, so I would be there with Anthony Cole, you know what I'm saying? And uh, Matt Lapham and uh, Roland on the guitar. And um so that was how I got my and Sam Rivers at times, you know what I'm saying? When he was uh when he was, you know, alive and well, like doing his thing out there. Um, so that's how I was like developing my chops and simultaneously making the actual album for uh what would then become, you know, the roots of Ken. Uh I also met Beef Wellington during this time. Uh he yeah. was actually in the crowd while I was doing things with BMF and I actually, you know, learned about him. He gave me a tape, man, and I actually yeah. listened to it and got in touch with him the next and, day. And you did something with him, right? Oh, yeah. You did an oh, album yeah. with him. That Beef was uh, Field right? Fantabulous. That's and it. And then we created the Fantabulous family from that. That's that it. actually ended up being on The Wire. Um yeah. uh so yeah, we got a we got a lot of a lot of play from that. And then also uh Eighth Dimension is the team that actually helped us push a lot of that stuff um on mainstream uh television you know what i'm saying so so um as far as the roots of kin though everything that i was learning from B, um, bmf as well as beef wellington and even more so from beef wellington i just started implementing you know what i'm saying into like my own production and then obviously there's a lot of beef wellington production on that but i kind of really honed in on my style um, by way of like, you know, going to these different spots, like free, uh, the freestyle spots, and then also like the battle spots, and then the jazz spots, and just kind of, you know, cultivating all of that stuff and putting it into one album, you know. Were you, were you a part of like the, remember Lebanese? I don't know if you no. remember Lebanese. There's a club called the Lebanese. 
Um, nah. Back in the days, they used to bring like Smith and Wesson and boot camp clip. You probably weren't. You might not have been yeah. here during that time. But... Nah, I don't think I was. But that, I mean, I do remember like boot camp click and Smith and Wesson has always been Florida's almost favorite. You know what yeah. I'm saying? A lot, a lot of the MCs like they, they really, really like uh, like those styles. A lot of people took on but those. It, styles. But they don't, they don't come out here anymore that much. Like yeah. the, the, like shows are different out here now. Like people skip Orlando. We'll get into that. Mm. Now back to you, Scar. You ready? Sure. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know, you can jump in any time. You know that. It's, yeah, it's I know. Not, you know. I'm chilling. <laughs> <laughs> There's no rules here. You can jump in any time. Um, I wanted to know, like, while he's going through that during that those years, I would imagine at that time you were getting introduced to the Chicago art scene, music, everything. So can you get into, like, what that was like and how that influenced you? And how that drew you to down the path that you're that you're currently on? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I didn't really get to even be aware of the hip hop scene until my college years. Mm. So, like I said, in in high school, the last two years, that's when I was able to do the dance and the choirs and the choirs. That's what really did it. Like just listening to the harmonies and being around people who were just like really good and having a choir director. Um, I mean, it was Gloria Brown who was so passionate about it. And, you know, we actually had like soloists that, you know, I was a soprano and there there was this one lady, uh, I think her name was Nithia that could hit these crazy high whistle notes. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) enchanted, you know? And so like, but that was it for high school because I was really just getting to know life in Chicago still, you know, because when I moved at 12, um, I learned English really fast within a year or so. But, you know, so people automatically thought that, you know, I knew what was going on, but I didn't because the first year I lost a lot of time. (laughs) So I started, I wasn't actually doing that well in schoolwork because even though I could communicate all the words you needed for different subjects or for right. history or math, I didn't really know a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, I sounded like I knew how to speak English, but I necessarily didn't know a lot, <laughs> you right. know? And, you know, I was the big fish in a small pond in Poland. And then yeah. once I got there, I was, I felt really lost for, yeah. for a, a good amount of time because people just kind of were like, okay. And I was just like, I literally don't know what's going on. Right. But <laughs> I, I would imagine in a big city, people, from even themselves, yeah. well, like, well, even people who were born now. and raised, like mm. in big cities, like yeah. even in New York, people born and raised, they're yeah. still lost because it's such a big city, yeah. so yeah. much going on. I can like, imagine well, how you felt. And looking back, I put myself in so many dangerous situations, just not understanding how cities work. Wow. Oh, you know, okay, and it's it. just yeah. like, yeah, I went to, uh, like I mentioned, to Young, <clears throat> which was basically a little south of downtown, coming all the way from the west. So even mm. to high school, I traveled an hour and a half on buses wow. to every day through different neighborhoods, through different things. Like, I didn't really know what, what was going on. <laughs> But yeah, so like I was just kind of like getting to know and, and you know, being a, a teenager and trying to be a rebel too, you'll put yourself like on purpose into situations <laughs> yeah. or like, yeah. it's just like, you know, it was, 
it was a, I don't know how I <laughs> curiosity <laughs> too. This curi- well, I'm pretty sure you were curious about the city too yeah. and wanting to do things, but but, um, but finally, like 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 I said, when I moved here, I had this idea of Hollywood and like yeah. the music and things. Finally, I was getting glimpses of that right when I when I wasn't just living in a you know apartment from a bungalow like just in the because you know so much of Chicago is just like neighborhoods you know it's not really till you go downtown that you're like oh this looks like a city a lot of it is just like every neighborhood looks kind of the same people sitting on the porch and just like you know it's just watching (laughs) right right but it's not that exciting nothing like America from TV about it, you know? Right. So when I was in high school and I started traveling and kind of meeting different people and whatever, I was just, I was getting glimpses of that, you know, and then singing, making music, choirs, all these amazing dancers. Mm. And um, it also gave me a lot of different ideas than I think what a lot of people have. With this school, like for example, to me, all the ballerinas I knew were black or most black or mixed or, you know, because that's what the school was. Just like I said, the the teacher was from Alvin Ailey. Mm -hmm. So even later on in life, when people being like, you know, a lot of black people are not represented in the dance industry. I was like, all I know are black ballerinas. Like to me, there's so many skewed things because my school was um, a performance school that was at such a high level, but it was definitely a magnet school. So they made sure people were coming in from like, every background you right, know they were so, trying to integrate everything yeah, yeah 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 yeah. so for me like all my <clears throat> kind of like messed up as I was trying to learn you know big city and in America and Chicago and anyway but to get to to the question in college is when I kind of started finding things so okay so now I started thinking I was going to do a psychology major but when I took my first elective, it was a, like intro to music or something, intro to music theory. Mm. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember, that's what I wanted to do. I, and like right away, like changed it. I went the safe route still because I thought I was like, OK, you know, there's that voice in the back of your head, like be responsible, do like music mm. education. So in case you can be a teacher that mm. didn't last either. I was like, mm. no. Wow. I, can't wow. do that. I cannot. It's like there's something that just doesn't let me. It's just like, no, you're not gonna you're not gonna go the safe route. You don't even like kids. No, it's the same like with me. I I went to school for IT, but it was a design school. Yeah. And once they uh because you know when when first I went for IT and then the motherfucker upsold me to become a a, a, a web wow. designer. He upsold me to do web designer because the, yeah. that program cost more money. Yeah. But mm-hmm. but yeah. in reality, during that time, you know, if you were web designer, you made money. But like, yeah. Yeah. once I took the art classes, though, I was like, "Fuck web design! I'm just gonna be a digital designer because yeah. it's just yeah. it, it connected with it." So it's the same thing. Yeah. Like you would like yeah. had all these aspirations, but then mm-hmm. you go to that one class and it's like, I, I you can't deny it. That's what I want to do. I, my counselor was actually the head of the music education program, so she was kind of. Pushing in that direction, mm-hmm. and when I told her like I'm switching to music performance, like she was literally like mad at me. She was like, "You know what? You're so talented that everything is easy for you, and this is the first time something hard came up in your way, and you're quitting." And I was like, "Because what you want?" I was like, "I," because to me, I was like, "I'm not. I just don't want to do this." Right. Like when I feel like I don't want to do something. Yeah, like get right. out of my way so right. I can focus on what I'm trying to do. I know that. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you learning, Swam? Yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> dude. Hell yeah. Okay. So what happened was like I was in the music program learning, you know, to sing in Italian and French and whatever, doing the opera thing. Then I was doing the dance stuff. Then I had another scholarship that was theater. So I had to put in some hours towards that. And then what happened was we had this little cafe in the middle of like the, the college campus where sometimes they would bring in people to perform. And one day they brought in Pugs Adams to perform mm, and do Pugs his, the Adams, yeah. His hip hop set. Yeah. I just remember sitting there and be like, what's all this about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah Pugs is dope. <laughs> so I was like used to listening to like, you know, Biggie, Tupac, Lil' right. Kim, right. like that that sort of thing like that was like that's what hip-hop is and like i very much liked it like huge fan of uh lil kim huge fan of missy elliott mm -hmm. you know that whole missy elliott Aaliyah, timbaland vibe like that yeah. was my thing like just like i like that i mean it and was dope i mean yeah 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 Timbaland's sure. a dope producer you know yeah, yeah. And, and and just missy elliott how creative she was the right. video it's like it's just like whoa mm. you don't have to like this isn't yeah this you know yeah but when i heard it live in the city i was living and somebody doing it like super well with so much the charisma and yeah. just style i was just like i like that a lot right. and right. so later through more the classical <laughs> thing again there was um uh, and it was uh matthew golombinski he still has uh ears and eye records but he had like uh like a string kind of group like little mini orchestra but they would perform at like i don't know i know darkroom was one of them but anyway mm. i saw a video of them playing their like string quartet or whatever stuff with philip morris mm -hmm. an mc from chicago like rapping on top of the 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 string uh, that's dope and i was just like that there it is that's yeah. where i that's right. how because yeah. like I only had the more classical and jazz kind of thing going mm -hmm. on but I was already really leaning towards that I just didn't know where would I fit in right. and so like I became super good friends with Philip Morris I was actually like yep. his hype woman for shows for a while yep. <laughs> we did we have Dang. like a, <laughs> yep. yeah it was crazy That's dope. <laughs> we actually opened up uh, we went to Minneapolis opened up for Lizzo once before Lizzo was Lizzo mm -hmm. you know and it's just like because we had that same kind of like super hype big shows like Philip Morris, like I just, I just loved working with him. I think that was my first, like what we have now. Mm -hmm. My first was with Philip Morris, and we did music videos as well. We never formed a group. It was yeah. more, you know. But he was on on my first album that I put out in 2011. I had Philip Morris on it. I had MC Adad on it. It's because I really, like, I loved that kind of juxtaposition mm -hmm. of right. my type of singing because I loved you know the Portis heads and the massive attack Portis at the time. Dope. yes but it was just mm -hmm. like it, the, the Portis had had my my kind of voice my kind of singing but still had that head naughty kind of a thing right. that worked really well with MCs and like that's kind of what I fell in love with back then so that's, yeah, that's the whole trip hop and all jungle yeah. and you know, all that other Goldie who started it all okay. you know what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Are you still in contact with, with Morris or he? Or oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of my best friends forever. 
we had this video, we made this video called Hell Yeah, where I have like a shaved head and I kidnap him. It's still on. It's, we just made some really awesome music. Yeah. <laughs> is your stuff still out there to purchase? Like your first album or any? Or My is first it like album is out there. Um, it's through, it was released through a record label that no longer really functions and it hasn't right. for years. Mm. So I really have no contact with that or. Right. So it's just like if people buy it, I don't know if I ever see it. So that's why right. I've been just pushing the new project. Yeah, but, <laughs> but you, I'm saying, is it under Scarlet Monk? Oh uh, yeah, it, everything would still be under the Scarlet Monk name. Yeah. And what's the but, name of that album? That first album? I want to look for it. That's why. <laughs> uh, Annabella. Annabella. Okay. Annabella. Yeah. So that's that's out there, and the All video right. awesome. uh, Philip Morris. It's called Hell Yeah. Yeah. You with the shaved head. I got to see that. <laughs> many times in my life. I feel like whenever I was going through like some kind of change in life, was like, yep. <laughs> so that's another monk thing, but not even on purpose. Just like right. I have something that. Because <laughs> then I'm like, that makes me focus, you know? Because it's like, I don't know, I don't know what that means. It's just like I'm, I go into my like zone like i want to accomplish something shave my head start working out start making music Mm -hmm. i'm in the zone because then i don't have to really you know it's a it's a i think a thing about being a woman in the industry there's so much put on on the looks and it's just like i want to get that out of the way it's like okay so now i'm not you're not going to pay attention to me because of the long hair or what i'm dressed as you'll have to like pay attention to what i'm doing so when i go into these zones i'm just like getting all those things out of the way you don't want so to be superficial. Like, right. right. Some just like mm. craft. You like it or you don't like it. Right, right, right. <laughs> dope, bro. I'm telling you, B. I'm telling you, yo. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Swam. All right. So we have to talk about it. All right. All right. So you're, you're, you're a solo artist. You come, you know, context. You're a solo artist. You come back and forth from Orlando, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I meet you, I, you killing everybody, <laughs> freestyle-wise, yeah. destroying everything. <laughs> and then the next time I see you, you're part of a group called Soliloquists of Sound. So yes. just get into basically how did they, how did they, how did it form? Yeah. What, what was the mission? You know, yeah. things along those lines. Well, things formed with me and Da Vinci first. Okay. Um, yeah. So basically, the way that that was was that we once we met each other, we were being introduced from people from his school, which was full sale at the time that he was going to. And then I was being introduced to him by way of a, a guy by the name of uh, Titus, which was actually a teacher at full sale, but I was working, I was doing some, um, what was it? Blue schoolhouse. I was the blue schoolhouse griot at house of blues. Right. Okay. We're teaching kids about the blues, right. Through our, our art forms. You know what I'm saying? So everything's kind of, you know, yeah, stemming from the blues. So uh, Chrissy Roach was like the head of that, uh, I believe. And that's how I met uh, Jackie, Miss um, Miss Jacqueline Jones, uh, you know, jazz singer. That's how I met um, Larry McRae, bassist. Um, and then like a, a few other folks as well. And while that was happening, um, it was something, man, it was like, I was doing all of this other stuff, you know what I'm saying? And then like at the height of that is when I was, I was, I met Da Vinci. Uh, but also 
what kept me, this is crazy, right? What kind of kept me from becoming more of the solo artist was not just that introduction, but it was also 9-11. You know what I'm saying? And how? Huh? And and why? Why is that? Yeah. So 9-11 hit, right? But just before it, just before it, there was like a lot of I, I was getting like a lot of fame, if you will, right? Like I was I was on the cover of uh Orlando Weekly and, and things like this. And then like uh people were talking about me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, there was a pirate <laughs> radio station. Yeah, there was a pirate radio station that was talking, talking shit basically. And uh <laughs> And me and Magic Mike. Magic oh, Mike. yes. I remember Magic Mike. Yeah. Magic Mike called me up and was like, yo, why they why they talking shit about you? And I was like, I don't know. I think we're going to have to make a diss track. <laughs> and I was about to make a diss track to the whole pirate radio station with me and DJ Magic Mike. That would have been. The next, oh. And mm. the next day was 9-11. Hmm. And I rethought my whole shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I was like, yeah, this ain't. I was like, this ain't. The, divine intervention, right? That's what it they call was, it. Was. <laughs> it was. You know what's crazy is that Da Vinci used to call himself the divine inch. <laughs> oh shit! Okay, I didn't know that. Okay, I didn't even know that. Yeah, thanks for he, letting me know that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's a little spiritual guy, B. I'm yeah. telling you, a lot of a lot of times throughout throughout life, and you'll see how that connects. You know what I'm saying? Uh, with this story too but so I had met him you know what I'm saying we started working on his ex's um, uh, solo album and that's like kind of how we built like our relationship then we got introduced to Charles Wilson the third who ended up doing stuff for for um, Justin Timberlake uh, John Mayer you know what I'm saying a lot of other people like he's called Black Block you know what I'm saying um, or Black Bach I'm sorry um, the pianist. Like, oh, okay, Bach. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah, super, super dope. <laughs> right. right. Um, so, and all of us had well, him and Da Vinci had Dilla in common. You know what I'm saying? They loved Dilla. You know what I mean? So we would have sessions where we would get up together. You know what I'm saying? Make that happen. Um, and during that time, I think is when we actually came up with Soliloquist of Sound. Or soliloquist or something like this, right? So it was just you and him at the time. It was me, him, and Charles. Okay, Charles. That okay, was, that was basically soliloquist of sound. Okay, you know I gotcha. At the time, and then Alex came in by way of like from Chicago. You know what I'm saying? So that was from my Chicago years out there. And then when she ended up moving out to uh, Orlando, like we formed that group, Soliloquist of Sound, but it was basically us taking on the name that Da Vinci had made for me, him, and Charles. I got gotcha. you. Know? Okay. So Soliloquist at one point was me, Charles, <clears throat> Da Vinci, Alex. You know what I'm saying? That was the four. So the first, I think the first um, promo thing that I drew up with in colored pencils <laughs> was um, was those four. You know what I'm saying? Was that in between worlds? Was that the first no, one? Or? That was actually that was actually after that. Um it was actually after that. Because in between worlds were more so like me and Da Vinci, you know what I'm saying? And then Alex, like when she would visit, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then after in between worlds was um uh for student council. And that one was the one that was like pretty much like the official one official like local official first album was that the official yeah. first okay yeah yeah and so we were pushing that 
And we did that on tour and everything. But the way that that way that all of that stuff became was like when I helped introduce Alex to the group, like Da Vinci was like, okay, like I'm with it. Like him and his ex had broken up at that time. And then we just started focusing on our music. You know what I mean? So then like when we started making that music, that that basically became like a huge goal. I mean, me, I'm already like, I'm all, I'm, you know, I'm going to push everything I do. You know what I'm saying? So I was out there on them streets like 24-7. You know what I'm oh, saying? I know. I saw you. <laughs> <laughs> By the subway in you know downtown Orlando. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like out there on the streets, just like, bam, bam, check us out, check us out, check us out, check us out. We had gotten on tour. We got introduced to um, the same talent scouts that were scouting me for like five years. That was Josh Bomell. Josh Bomell ended up becoming like the manager, if you will, for Lauren Hill. And that's actually how Da Vinci got linked up with Lauren Hill. You know what I'm saying? It's through, you know what I'm saying, this relationship. Now, when me and Da Vinci had started that relationship of me and him going out and actually doing shows, Josh Bomell approached us again, right? And then asked us if we were ready. You know what I'm saying? And I said, no. So once we had me, him, and Alex, and, and then Tanya at the time, like then I, I, it was like a year later, I went up to Josh Mill and was like, yo, we're ready. And we opened up for um, Scratch from The Roots. And who else was it? No, no, no. It wasn't Scratch. It was, it was, um, we opened up for Feral Mach and CeeLo Green. Damn, that's a good concert right there, man. Is that Internal Affairs, Faramanch? Yes. Oh, okay, that, so that's after, after Organized Confusion, right? Yes, yes, that's after Organized Confusion. So we opened up for those two, and uh, and we killed it. I mean, we killed it, you know what I'm saying? And uh, during that time, I actually got to tell Faramanch that I'm the guy that beat him out for the John Madden 2002 rap. And that's how I got my money. That's how I got yeah. my claim. Fame, right. You know what I'm saying? And then I opened up my own store, you know what I'm saying? Called Culture Mart, you know what I'm saying? But I remember that. Yeah, that's how all of that formed. Right. And then, like, we got signed, we got picked up by, uh, what was it? We got picked up by Epitaph slash Anti Records. Our capitalist, or our catalyst, sorry, was Sage Francis. Um, and he took us on two of his tours right and we toured like our last eight tours was ended up being in france so like we we did a lot you know what i'm saying but during that time like there was this time where it just it was like it kept hitting a wall you know what i mean because we were always the first to do some shit you know what i'm saying so nobody had ever heard or seen anything like what we were doing and it it, there was nothing that could follow it. There was nothing that could be the, that was like the predecessor, if you will, of that. Right. You know what I mean? So it was just like, fuck, like we can't, right. you can't move because you're like, it's almost like, um, what? Uh, like you, you hit a, Edison. you hit a plateau. Yeah. Right? Like you have Thomas Edison and then you have, you know, like, like these people who start, like electricity, right? But the one you keep hearing about is the guy, you know what I'm saying, that has this story that everybody follows now. And it's like, okay, no, we're nobody no longer talking about Tesla more so than we're talking about, you right. know what I'm saying, this other cat. So it's like, oh my God, wow. You know what I mean? 
So for us, the story was like, there's no other soliloquist, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Well, until now. I got you, brother. I got you. <laughs> I, it's kind of a good thing and a bad thing, right? Because then you didn't have anybody copying. Because I don't really hear anybody copying your, your, your that that style. Well, they because they can't. <laughs> <laughs> That's a style you can't really copy. You can try, it just sound foolish doing it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, like, you had how many albums altogether? Like, what was the like seven releases? I believe. Man, I have thirty albums that to my name. But I'm talking about under the soliloquist of sound, like, like, the like, it's about seven releases. It was no, 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 no. Oh wait, no oh, shit. Yeah, about because you have because you have to count like the the lost record. the lost tapes, right? Yeah, yeah like exactly. the lost tapes thing and all that. So, so I hate to ask you this, right? Because I know, like, when you ask somebody a question, like, "What's your favorite?" They're like, "All of them." Don't say all of them. Which one yeah. was your favorite album to make out of all of those? My favorite album to make out of all of them was probably and why? <laughs> hmm. Probably. <laughs> um. No more heroes, and why? And the, the <laughs> reason why was because for me specifically, like I felt like when I was telling Da Vinci, because we always have these talks right before an album comes out. You know what I'm saying? And when I was telling Da Vinci, like all of this shit, I was like, "This is what I want to do," and we basically did that. And I got to, I felt like I got to do exactly what I wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? And it was no longer like, you know, just like being like, all right, cool. Let's do this for these people. Let's do this for the, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it, it, and we weren't doing, like we were still doing our thing, but you know, you got four different folks. That's like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. You know what I'm saying? And it was like work. So on No More Heroes, I felt like we kind of like, that's when you that's you when you finally we're, we're a group was there yeah exactly and it was like all right cool i want to do this and was it also maybe because you that like you said you know you're doing something for this person that person that album maybe was like you did it for yourselves yeah yeah it was all all of this all of the joints that we ever did was for ourselves <clears throat> right you know what I'm it was just like it got to that point where it's like this is it this is where the glue is you know and then I think that was the one that actually did the did the best too, you know. And so I the, love performing more than the other ones as well, and remember them like that, you know. I always felt like you guys were always getting better, you know, with each su yeah. subsequent album, because like I guess maybe you were learning things, and you know, you know, you were in interjecting yeah. newer stuff each time. But uh, I wanted to ask you about the culture in Orlando. Uh, mm -hmm. particularly the hip-hop culture, because I felt there was a time where you had X, you, you had a bunch of artists. I mean, even from like Deltona, the guys from Deltona, what, you guys were like right about to break through, yeah. you know, and just never happened. Yeah. Why? Uh, man. I mean, I know it's a tough question, man, but... No, no, no. For, for me personally, I've always felt that the internet is like the cap. Because everybody can do it. Everybody has access to you 24-7. Everybody has access to music. They think about music in a totally different way. And there's, there's no longer like a totem pole, if you will. Like, for instance, when I hear her talk about like her story from coming from Poland and looking at America, she's looking at a television, which is the representation of America. However, 
what you see on that television, although it's not all, you know what I'm saying, glitz and glamour, you know what I mean? Like what you're seeing on that television is one viewpoint, right? And the one viewpoint gives everybody one thing to think about. Now you can have many different thoughts about this one thing, you know what I'm saying? Which is cool, but a lot of times you're gonna find like your happy medium of like, oh man, I think that way too, you know what I'm saying, about this one thing. So now, now you have uh, this story of fame, you know what I'm saying? Where like fame was not necessarily the real reason why we became artists, you know what I'm saying? But now fame is being measured by way of views. You know what I mean? So now you can say to yourself, you can even look at yourself and be like, man, I put out this video and this kid picking boogers out of his nose is getting way more views than me. He's more famous than me. I shouldn't even make music. You know what I'm saying? Like, so the way that I was looking at it was like, you're basically taking everything as far as entertainment is concerned and you're putting it into one specific platform. You know what I'm saying? I never really liked that. I never really liked having everything on my phone. You know what I'm saying? I was a, I was the cat that carried the flip phone until I couldn't anymore. You know what I mean? Right. I, obviously, you have everybody that's like, ah, oh, man, you still got the flip phone, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a different world. You know what I mean? But what that world then does is it changes your outlook on everything. So there is no more fame. That's why, that's why the whole thing was like, for me, was like no more heroes. Like there's ah. no more, there's, there's, but there's also no more platforms. There's no more. So everything gets X'd out. You know what right. I'm saying? So, so now like what we, what we then have, what I'm looking at is I'm looking at my specific culture and I'm saying, okay, this person helps to do this. This person helps to do that. But for every person that there is, there's a replacement, you know what I'm saying? In everyone else's eyes. So now it's like, okay, X, we don't really need him because we got a person down the street that does that. You know what I'm saying? And now, and now they're looking at it since they're looking at it with by way of views, you know what I'm saying? They'll look at it like, okay, well, we got five people that like who this person is. Let's put him in that position, even if he can't do it. We got right. people that like, you know what right. I'm saying? Right. But now it gets run by people who can't really do things, but have popularity with the community, you know what I'm saying, that says that you should be doing it. You know what I mean? So it, it's, yeah, that to me is how it kind of rearranged a lot of the platforms that we were standing on. You know, yeah, because so. Orlando has so much talent. I mean, a lot of fucking talent. Yeah. And I'm and when I mean Orlando, I mean like you know Deltona, Tampa, and and just nothing came came from it. It just yeah. kind of deteriorated essentially. You know, and I, like I said, there was there was you know it it. I don't think it got beat out by anything else other than like the platform that we were trying to put ourselves on, which was hip hop in general. Now, if we came with some, if if this was more. I don't, I'm, for lack of better words, um, segregated, you know what I'm saying, in a in a way where you said Orlando hip-hop, specifically, like, if everybody was just pushing marketing-wise, or this is Orlando hip-hop, we have uh, a different style on purpose, you know what I'm saying? Ozone. You, <laughs> yeah, oh, this is Ozone hip-hop, right? Then I think it would have done better, but, you know, but we never get taught that, you know what I'm saying? That's also the thing with America, um, you know, uh, Americanized things. It's like, 
we get taught things from the perspective of you already being in it, not from the perspective of, of oh, here's a beginner. This is how you want to start out. You know what I'm saying? So people don't know how to market themselves. People don't know how to get together and market themselves. You know, they just know, oh, every man for himself. I have a platform. I got this. You know what I'm saying? I can put myself on here. Let's go. You know? I got you. But I think the idea of now content, right? Because now if anybody has something that gets all these views, Mm -hmm. they have to keep providing that very, very, very quickly or else those people will move, move on. Right. So even with our car videos, Mm. we did the first one, you know, a month or two passed. We did the second one. And now already everybody's just like, what are you guys going to do for the third one? How are you going to top that? Because people are just now (laughs) so used to like, oh, next week. Am I, are we going to come up with something that's just like mind blowing? Right. right. Yeah. Because just because now the audience or the fans, you know, are almost like trained that way by, by the algorithms. We're, (laughs) we're not going to do that because I know in a week, we're not going to put out anything that we're that excited or great, or it's going to become pressure to put out this, this thing. That's like, you know, and, and so much of it, it just becomes then tricks. It becomes like, Mm -hmm. what can you do? Can we do it faster? So people are impressed. You know, it's like we did the faster because it was fun for us. Right. We enjoy it and we we like pushing ourselves, but like when, you know, how we talked about what, what audiences now kind of respond to, it's like the level is, is somewhere else. Cause like how important in all this is the creativity, how important is style, how, you know, sometimes it's just technical skill and and none of those other things that made artists artists, Mm, you know? So for us, we really have to slow down sometimes. And it's like, yeah, we'll we'll make you wait because until we're ready, like right, <laughs> gonna yeah, become right. like crappy right. artists. Right. You don't want us to be crappy artists, but you also have to understand that we're not gonna try to keep up with this. Like, let's 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 put out content right every day. You're, you're not machines, <laughs> no, no, or robots, or or yeah. anything else. If you want like that humanity there and that fun like people are like can't believe this video is fun it's like it's because we enjoy it and yeah. if we turn into robots to fulfill you know to like give our offerings <laughs> to the algorithm every day right. it's just not you start working back yeah. right exactly. <laughs> like we can't do it you know and like i run the, the instagram account i put out stuff a lot but that's because we do stuff a lot and yeah. i see him painting i took a photo i post a look at what we're doing mm-hmm. Not like, hey, can you go over there and start painting so I can take a photo and right. post it? <laughs> very, very, very different. Yeah. One is just like documenting what we're doing. The other one is like forcing your art to fit this thing. Right. Exactly. You know? Exactly. I got you. I got you. All right. So this is the part where we get into the project, right? But before yeah. that, I'm very interested in the experimental dance company you worked for, right? <laughs> it's called the Laboratory Dancers. Can you talk laboratory a little bit about dancers. that? Laboratory dancers we ca- called ourselves lab rats sometimes. Like, cool, so cool. When I was, yeah, when I was in college and I did my dance minor, that was that was more like modern experimental dance. And at some point, um, I don't know. I'm so glad this happened, and I don't know how it happened. At the Chicago Cultural Center, there was some 
some kind of a summer workshop that I just happened to join because I wanted to do a summer workshop. Mm. And I didn't even know what the style was. And it was Buto, which is like a Japanese form of dance theater. And it's known as like the dance of utter darkness. And I <laughs> learned <Damn>. so much <laughs> from Buto that I've applied to every facet of my performance since then. Um, it's just amazing. It's, it's an art form where you kind of let... The idea is like you don't show but reveal. So it's like it's the most like vulnerable thing. It when you look at very like it's something that you can't fake. Like you absolutely can't not fake because it's gonna look look stupid. It's just gonna look <laughs> absolutely stupid. I the the best like Buto dancers I've watched live is like they don't really do anything. They could sit like this for 20 minutes and you would stare at them transfixed because there's this energy that they have is mm. i don't even know how to describe it That's but crazy. it's like you're not afraid to show the the grotesque part of it you're not afraid to like let your jaw slack you're not afraid of all these things that are like so human right so sometimes it's almost like staring at a train wreck in slow motion and you're just transfixed mm. i don't even know it's amazing what I learned from that that then I put into all the dance I've done is that idea of you don't show but reveal as an artist, you know? So like I was, yeah, I have a certain voice. If I wanted to and if I trained for it, I could do the crazy whistle notes. And it's just like, I don't want to do it unless it serves a purpose because that's what happened when I started, you know, after that whole like um, uh, getting to know Pugs Adams, Philip Morris, entering that they're like oh you're the opera singer can you do some high notes on a hook right mm. can you do the tricks that we associate from opera mm. and from the beginning like I was like I don't want to do that <laughs> you know <laughs> like, I sang and sometimes yeah I do the high notes but it's right. like it's never it's never as a trick so basically once I kind of got to know the the buto that kind of became the experimental kind of fuel for the rest of my work whenever I add experimental things it, it stems a lot from the dance so when I graduated um I saw an ad on Craigslist that mm. was like we're looking for members for our experimental dance company I was like oh well, what is this <laughs> I went to, you like, can trust is... Craigslist <laughs> right right I met some of like my favorite people in the world on awesome. Craigslist back then yeah right back then yes but yeah I, I went to the audition so weird mm. <laughs> like, like the, mm. the, the oddest you know like rolling around on the floor but like oh, no. it has to be <clears throat> you can't fake it if you just if you roll around on the floor and you're like trying to look pretty or you're you're like the ballerina trying to roll on the floor yeah. it's just so horrible like you mm -hmm. have to have that experimental spirit in your heart or it doesn't work and i met my like family for that mm. that company is so real and so raw and um what happened later is like when I did my shows with me singing, um, sometimes I, I had this something called the um, Scarlet Monk and her orchestra, which was a cellist that I met on Craigslist. And nice. um, this nice. producer, Black Daylight, that would like uh, beatbox. So it'd be the three of, of us. Plus I would have experimental dancers smack in the middle of a hip hop show. And wow. people would be like, 
what in the hell? Wow. Well, you had the beatboxing, so it kind of works. Sometimes feel it more so do a verse. Mm. So it was so out there, but we did like awesome stuff. Like Emily from the company, you know, we would stuff her in the box in the middle of the thing, <laughs> set it up with like a tablecloth and like a thing. So people <laughs> come in late. They didn't know there was a person in the box. They would, she would bust out of the box and she'd be like, oh, what? That's <laughs> <laughs> the greatest show. No, but that's good because that, you know, oh. you're giving them the unexpected, you know, they, you go to a Absolutely. show, you, you expect the same old stuff. Absolutely. And now yeah. you got these different yeah. elements coming in, you know, how long yeah. did you do that for? How long did you work with them for? Um, or are you still doing it? Well, I was in the company maybe like three or four years, um, but I was also like on the board of directors. So that kind of lasted longer. They're right. still going. It's just that um, my my friend Alex, who runs it, she one of the main things is like she wanted modern dance to be accessible to people, which was like she would never charge a lot for a ticket, which meant there was not a lot of uh, income to run the company. Yeah. So it just it's still there it just needs support and it needs like people too so anyway when we blow up i'm definitely like putting money <laughs> Good. awesome, awesome. Already about yep. it. Yep. I, I love it i love it it gave me so much freedom mm. you know to be uh accepted for the the mm. weird things you do as an artist and just like a laboratory for that like people use that word so much like lab this lab that like for me that was a true laboratory where i could just be the weirdest artist you know and then so i would take elements of that and put it in music and like package it a little bit like so it's more like you know oh it's 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 definitely implemented <laughs> but it's there <laughs> it's definitely implemented like yeah. i mean even the way that we prepare for certain things right. like you know prepare for a song you know saying is is definitely implemented and I, for one, love it, especially with a name like Swanberger, where nowadays, right. like, you can be regular, you know what yeah. I'm saying? It could be anything. <laughs> well, so, thank, thank you for talking about that, Scar. I appreciate it. Um, all right. So this is where we get into, like I said, I'm, a, I'm finally turning the page. Finally right. getting to the backside. We're in the home stretch. So my, my, first, my first question is, how did you guys meet? Don't say Craigslist. And <laughs> so the origin story of you guys. Oh, she got, then... she got this. Me? Go she got this. Well, we met through Da Vinci. Okay. And da how? What, what, what was Da Vinci's role? He knew us both, and he was just like, wait, wait a bit. Anyway. How, how did you know Da Vinci? How, right. did you, so, how did you know Da Vinci? So I produced using Ableton Live, and uh, Ableton uh, has like these monthly meetups in different cities and different people run um, it in different cities. So uh, at the time I was living in LA actually, and I, I went to a school um, called the Beat Lab where I was learning Ableton stuff. And Da Vinci was the, is the Ableton kind of representative and uh, master. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. For, for Orlando. So it was the Orlando meetup groups, but during COVID, they didn't meet in person. So actually everything kind of went online, you know? So now these meetings were happening online, uh, online. So it doesn't matter that I don't live in the city where these are happening. You kind of, you know, that started happening. You, you started getting access. Same with dance classes. All these teachers started teaching, you know, 
online. So now I couldn't go to New York, but hey, all these teachers are now putting their classes online. So that was kind of really a cool thing about COVID. Things Mm -hmm. became really accessible for even teachers and things you wanted to learn across the globe. But okay, so this is what happened. (laughs) After Chicago, I moved to LA. Mm -hmm. After LA, I moved to Vegas. Vegas didn't work out so well. I was like, well, I meant to move to LA. So I went back to LA. (laughs) I got back to LA, COVID hit. So just got trapped in my house for like two or three years. Oh, wow. I was kind of just like, you know, living in LA, in Koreatown by myself, little apartment. Um, Mm. All my friends from the earlier time I lived in in LA were already gone or moved on to different things. Mm. So it was just a very like trying couple of years where I was still doing the music and went back, you know, online to, to, to learn some things just to kind of like keep going. COVID will be over. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be the person that's completely unprepared when it's <laughs> when it's done, you know. So somewhere during that time. Um, OK, so there's so many things that come into yeah. this. It's all right. Go, go, go. Let's <laughs> Vegas. Such dry climate, sun out all the time. I, I lived there for four years, by the way. I could not take it. <laughs> yeah. I would like watch videos on YouTube of like rain in the background so I could work creatively. Mm. I'll close like the, the, the shades and I'm like rain video of rain. Yeah. Smart, smart. <laughs> Cabin in the woods and just work, you know? And like one of those, I came across a video about like, flow or the Tao, right? So it would just be t- talking in the background, the Tao, the life force, it's everything, it's nothing. And I'm just like, okay, whatever, <laughs> you know, doing my stretches. And somehow between listening to the flow videos and the Ableton videos, the YouTube algorithm brought me Da Vinci, mm-hmm. who talks no about way. Flow and Ableton. And I was like, who's this person? And then I watched his little like, what was it? I don't know. I don't think it was a TED talk. It was like a <laughs> the Ableton had him like present his right. idea of flow mm-hmm. in creating. And I was like, this is everything that I understand. This is how I work. <laughs> so then I looked him up and I followed him on Instagram. And then I saw that he's teaching these monthly Zoom things um, about Ableton. And now that because of COVID, it's online. So I just went and joined one. And so at the beginning of each of these meetings, um, there's like a show and tell portion. So we all kind of played something. So I would play a beat of mine. And I did that for like three or four weeks. And then we kind of actually started like, you know, talking. We followed each other on Instagram, kind of start, started to get to know each other. And then there was this point where mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I don't I don't really understand like what, what the topic was, but it was something like... <laughs> I I had a question to him and was like, okay, so what do you do when you've tried everything and you've gotten nowhere with music? It was like, I had released my first album in 2011 and I've been pushing since 2011. And now it's like a decade later, I have gotten nowhere. I was like, sir, Da Vinci, like this is in front of you. (laughs) Can you explain to me what, where, because I've tried it all. I've talked to everybody. I've played my music for all these people getting absolutely nowhere. 
I'm really frustrated. And then he went through his little like regular spiel. Well, blah, 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 blah. And you have to, you know, understand that, you know, that's kind of the nature of, of the business. And, you know, like, are you willing to accept that even if you don't get, get anywhere, will you still do it? And he's like, at the end, he's like, does that answer your question? And I was like, no, 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 it does not answer <laughs> no. the question. I've accepted <laughs> I've worked as a waitress and a barista these past 10 years. I've accepted that I'm going to do that. However, if you, sir, Mr. Da Vinci, right, like right. for, you know, with Lauren Hill, I'm like, I don't know. And you got nowhere with this music if you were not working with Lauren Hill, if you had not had the success of Soliloquist, yeah. if none of these things happened in the 10 years, would you be as confident with that answer? Right. <laughs> he was just like, um, wait a minute. <laughs> like you might be a different case. Cause at that point he's seen my music videos and different like things I've posted. He's like, you're doing so many things that you absolutely need a team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't, you, you know, cause you're, you've, you've become so proficient in everything that people have asked you to do because like you would come to them with your art and they'd be like, well, yeah, but could you do it uh, like this? And we're like, yes, I can do it like this. And then it's like, but could you do it like this? Yeah, I can do it like this. And I've learned all these things and I've learned how to like run my- Yeah, exactly. But then it's like, I never really get to do the thing that I'm trying to do because I'm always doing everything that I have to to get by, right? So already in his brain, he was just like, because when I said I do house and I'm from Chicago, he was like, and like he was downstairs working on house stuff. And he was just, so Da Vinci basically was just like. You working on house stuff? Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the first song we released was All Hell Open Doors. So right, right. Because yeah. yeah. that, that's like Chicago's house. That's that's yeah. where house came from, Chicago. Yeah. That joint, that joint yeah. actually ended up being on Mark Farina's top 10, man. Right when it came out. The All Hell Open Doors. Yeah. yeah. That was really, really dope. So, did you want me to speak now? No, like after that? No, no. I mean, it's, it's up to y'all. But I'm just. I mean, okay. So, get it, get. If you want to nah, add nah, on, add on, brother. Go ahead, go ahead. So, so as that was happening, like she said, I'm downstairs, and at the time, I had been working with a cat by the name of Juan Mejia. Now, Juan Mejia used to be doing like a lot of the um stuff at at uh, what was it, Firestone, and he was one of the first DJs that actually was you know playing me and and like uh giving me a little bit of like uh, leeway to showcase what it is that I was about, you know what I'm saying, in Orlando. So, man, mad years later, he hits me up. And this is during the time where Soliloquist is no longer doing stuff. He hits me up and he goes, Swan, I want to pay you to create some boom bap stuff for my, my label. And I'm like, yo, I got you. And then, so then I start. But when I started, I actually started on some house stuff because I'm like, man, if I'm going to do something boom bap, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to do it my way. Right. Right. So I did the boom bap stuff. But then, like, I started leading with, like, more of the house stuff. Right. So um, as soon as I showed him that, he was like, wait, what? (laughs) Like, he didn't know that I did. You know what I'm saying? I did house. I'm like, yo, man, I'm from Chicago. Like, what you think? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So then he goes, he goes, brother. Like, it's his thing, you know what I'm saying? Brother, he's like, we can make so much happen with this song, like with this with this variety of stuff that you have. He's like, we have to get somebody else on this. Like, you know, like somebody, because it was like instrumental part 
that I was working on. And it was just like the house part. You know what I'm right. saying? I'm thinking like, man, I want to go back to some hip house type stuff and like present that. Cause I'm like, if I'm going to be doing some solo stuff, I need to come out in a different way. You know what I mean? So I started going more so towards my roots. Da Vinci was like, yo, that's dope. Keep going that route. Right. So I go this route. I get done with what I need to get done with the first and the second verse. And I'm needing somebody to get in there for this actual, like, you know, this longer version, if you will, of this house part. And so one of the first people that we ended up uh, contacting was Lisa Shaw. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, and, and then she was she was saying that she was going to do something, but never got to it. Right. Uh, Juan Mejia has showed me some other guy. I forget where he was from, but that thing was horrible. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I was like, are you serious? <laughs> Don't put this guy on my shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He can't touch my stuff. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? like, come on, B. So um, at this time, while I'm doing that song, I get introduced to Scar from Da Vinci. But Da Vinci comes down and we have like, you know, this we have this rapport together that's just like, you know, it's it's like, okay, if you're in the circle, like you're basically considered to be like, oh, you're one of us. You know what I mean? And and uh he comes down like super hype. And he's like, yo, I met someone that's one of us. He's like, yo, she, you know, she's on, on the level. She's on the right, level. On that yeah. level. She goes by Scar, Scarlet Monk, you know what I'm saying? And he was like, yo, you got to work with her. Now, if you know Da Vinci, like I know Da Vinci, Da Vinci don't do this shit. He don't come to you and say, you got to work with this person. He usually right? does it, right? <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll take it. it. He'll do it. But like, that's the thing is like, there's so many folks that we know that's not necessarily on that level. We don't want to teach nobody like that. Like, especially when we're doing our shit. You know what I'm saying? So... This man is like, you got to work with this girl, right? So I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I already know what it's about. I'm like, yo, let's set up a call, this, that, and the third, right? Um, But before before uh, she gets, uh, before we get introduced, right, and before we actually have that call, <laughs> he tells me about how it is that she basically was, like, defying what it is that he has said. And he was hype as fuck because we both know it's like, all right, cool. Like we got a rebel on our hands. Like we got a person that's gonna that's defying the information that we giving them. And he explains the whole situation. And he's like, yo. And then at the end, I was like, you know, does that answer your problem? Does that answer your situation? He's, and he said that she said no. And he was like, but the way he said it, he was like, she said no. You know what I mean? And for us, that's like you're in. You know what I mean? Because like, she didn't see through that bullshit, whatever. Right. Statement. Exactly. Right. Because right. even we have a level of bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Right. That most everybody does. See, you know what I mean? Everybody you won't see that. that. You know what I mean? Right. right. Unless you on level, you like, uh, you bullshit. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so, so she saw through it. It was like, nah. So he he knew he's like, all right, cool. Like you're a relentless motherfucker. Like you, when I give this person your information, um, he's like, I'm gonna have y'all talk about what y'all need to talk about. She'll explain more of the stuff that she needs, this, that, and the third. 
we get on the phone call, right? <laughs> and my number, she calls my number. She sees the 407 and she like, what is this? It's like, you ain't even from Chicago. That's basically how it started. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, six, six, seven, seven, three, Look you at this poser. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, are you even from Chicago? <laughs> like, she didn't see, you know what I mean? She sees 407. It's like, are you even from Chicago? Like, <laughs> Damn. I'll look at it like, okay, yeah, this gonna be a good, this gonna be a good long relationship right here. So, so like I was like, uh, I was like, oh man, you got jokes, right? <laughs> so we started shooting this shit, man. We was talking, we talked for about four hours, B. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It started with like, okay, who do you know? So then we're like, oh you yeah, I know pugs. Yeah, you know this, you know, all of the Chicago people we had to get through like an hour of just like the people we know. <laughs> Common, uh, the places right. we know in common, mm-hmm. just all the Chicago stuff. Because that's, oh, <laughs> yeah. that's the measuring stick. You know? Yeah, man. So, so she telling me, man, she telling me mad shit, right? And I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God, this is wild. This is wild. I'm hearing, and then she sends me the uh, like an album, right? And I, I hear the first song on the album. First song is Sincerely Scarlet. You know what I mean? And as she told you, you know what I'm saying, with like her instrumentation is mainly all her voice. You know right. what I mean? Yep. Like, I'm hearing this and I'm like, yo, what is this? <laughs> yo, this is this is like the gold mine, B. Like, yeah. this, what is this? Mm-hmm. What are these other cats that you were talking about you were trying to work with and they didn't work with you? I don't get it. This is gold. You know right. what I mean? So... I, I hit up a remix to it. You know what I'm saying? Man, that thing was, everything was flowing. Just like water. Like every everything that we do is like, it's a flow. So, it's a huge flow. So that song now is Scarburger. Yeah. Because it was the first right. the song we did together. Right, right. Before, like, had a, before right. there was a month in pocket. Before, so we don't know what name it is. So Scarlet, right. Scarburger. And we just kept the name. We just kept it. But this was an album that I actually released um when I was leaving or I was still in Vegas. So it was released like five years ago and I released it solely for the purpose of having something out there. I've taken it down since then Um, because I was like, I'm trying to get in touch with people. And if I show them the last project I released was in 2011, like they'll be like, well, okay, you're not really making music. So I literally when I was in Vegas, made an album just mm. in six months, just sat down, produced the whole thing. Mm. <laughs> a couple were co-produced and sang the whole thing, recorded myself, did my best, actually paid somebody to mix and master it just to have something out there that's somewhat like current. And I was going to use it basically as a business card. Like, this is what I do. I need help because I had just mm. started um, producing at that point. Nice. I was like, somebody who knows how to produce better than me Cause I literally had to start learning how to produce. Cause like, I couldn't find anybody that I wanted to work with on that level or that would work with me because again, I didn't really have that much out there. And it was just kind of like, I made an album basically as my business card. And I was just like, and I was like, Look, this is what I do. And just trying and trying and trying and nothing and nothing and nothing, mm. and nothing. No, everybody's like, that's nice. You know? So finally, like, I sent him that song. And once we remade the Scarburger and everything, 
just now as Mugs and Pockets is coming out and then soon my solo album, I took all that down yeah. because I don't need it for that purpose. And I know it's not on the level I wanted it because I was just starting to produce. Right. At that. So that's gone, but that's how Scarburger and like our first yeah. song came about. <laughs> that's dope. Okay, so you're from Chicago. You're from Chicago. You went to Orlando. You moved all over the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Why Seattle? What's in Seattle? Why Why Seattle? Rain mm. and nature and green trees. It's what mm. I was dreaming of when I was in like and Bigfoot. Sorry, and, there you and go. Bigfoot. <laughs> and the thing is that like it has the more of the Poland and Chicago feel with you know just more greenery, rain seasons. You know, right. summer here is absolutely gorgeous, but just like the views and the skies and the so many trees. <laughs> I just. Mm. I love it. It's very nostalgic, you know, just, yeah. I needed that after being like out in the, the desert and feeling like I'm just like, nothing's happening. And it was, like you're going to die. <laughs> it was heartbreaking. Cause it's just like, at that point, it's like, I've been doing this music for like two decades and I've gotten nowhere. It was just like, mm. I needed to go recoup right. somewhere with, you know, nature. What's mm. the scene like out there musically? I know it has a history. There's yeah. I mean they got what is it the 206 Zulu is out here and then Henri and his Henri crew. Old Dominion, Old Dominion you know what I'm saying right. from from um like Seattle as well as Portland area right they have that you connection know, the Portland Seattle yes. connection right Sleep is out here Mac Lamour, you know what right. I'm saying all the cats like and they I mean they definitely cultivated like a lot of that stuff and then you know you also mm-hmm. got just the music scene in general with like Nirvana and you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that a big breaking stuff. crew, Massive yep. Monkeys is yep, Massive here. Monkeys. You know, so it's they've been cultivating it here for a while, you know what I mean? And uh, you know, it definitely has like a music scene. It like even when even when we would go to uh tour, you know, there was a Nectar Lounge is a huge place, High Dive is a huge place, uh Numos um is, is another one. But yeah, man, like it's they've they've not only been doing it that way, but like uh, art in general is right. like widely accepted. You know what I'm saying? It's very um, underrated. Nobody really yeah, talks about underrated. it. You know, it's really underrated. underrated. All right. Yeah. So the, the project's called The Adventures of Mugs and Pockets. Right. It was released on July 22nd. Yeah. Um, 17 tracks. Mm. Right. Wait, July so, 22nd. Yeah. Technically, November 1st online. November 1st online, yeah. Okay, all right. Because the SoundCloud you sent me says July 22nd. No, no, yeah, you got okay. it. You got it. So, so let me... Uh, so when was, was it really? November? Early, early kind of like, here okay. you go. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But November so, 1st. November 1st, okay. All right. Just yeah. want to make sure. Through, through Alpha Pup. <laughs> yeah. Through Alpha Pup. Now, is it available to purchase? Because you sent me the SoundCloud. I don't see a link to purchase. Where, where, Where can people purchase that? People can purchase it off of off of Spotify, but they can okay. also purchase it on. Um, there's a few different sites. So go to uh, Mugs and Pockets Instagram in the okay. bio. There's a link with all of them. Okay. So yeah, and it's not physical, just digital only. Yeah, I we, we have will CDs. have physicals. Yeah, we will have physicals. More of them because right. let me know. They'll be sold out <laughs> before. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I need a copy of that. Let me know. That's um, fine. so uh. When I was doing reviews for Insomniac, uh, my technique was not to give too much away, only to only pique interest because I felt like people misinterpret information. And if you start going too deep into someone's project, they're gonna find an excuse not to even try to 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 look at it or 
invest themselves in it. So I'm going to do the same thing here, right? Because I want mm -hmm. to draw traffic to, you know, what you guys are doing rather than give the whole thing away. And somebody, oh yeah, I've heard something like that before. I don't want to listen to that, you know, or whatever, you know? All right. So to me, when I heard it, 17 tracks, uh, to uh, an intro and an outro, right? Yeah. Uh, to me, I found that it's being soulful and very fun. Um, there was a lot of, uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of inflection and reflection mm. in the songs. I, I picked up on that like right away. Yeah. Um, it has to do obviously with both of your lives mm. separately and together. Am I right yeah. or wrong? Okay. I just want to make sure. Oh, we've uh, only known each other a year exactly but like just between me him and, and da vinci because da vinci makes a master right. everything it's just like like family right yeah. away right. but a year is 365 days that's a lot right that's a, that's a <laughs> lot um i, I wrote Very down good. here uh razor sharp lyrics and sultry vocals that's like what grabs me about it yeah. and then you have also have cameos on there so who are the cameos and what tracks are they on? If you can remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the cameos were the intro, the, which is the first track. We get a huge, huge uh, shout and and basically like a cosign. cosign from Charlie Tuna from Jurassic 5. Right. Um, and then there's Green Meadows, right? Green Meadows features Charlie Tuna once again, but it also features abstract rude abby rude yep <laughs> yeah project blow um so then you have uh feats of fury which also fe features um gift of gab and rest in peace and uh yeah. black delicious right he was black delicious yeah from black delicious exactly um so that that track i have to shout out um josh you know what i'm saying who's a cat that uh helped us get that Josh Lear, um who helped who helped us get that verse, but um that verse was kind of floating around prior to um prior to us having it. However, I was instrumental in helping him get that. Right. He he when he got that like uh he was trying to match it with other folks, and when he heard our project, he was like, "Yo, this would be perfect." Maker is also featured on that. Uh, he's a cat that that did the beat and also with Da Vinci. Um, da Vinci and Maker produced that track. He's a uh, Chicago cat, right? Maker. Right? Maker, yeah, right. yeah. From and that's, Quellen Maker. That's another person that that we we didn't even talk about that. He was my friend in in Chicago, and he's really? their friend. So when he uh, would travel, he would stay at at their place right. in Orlando. Right. So actually, the first time. Uh, we have been in an album together was like 10 years ago on a Quell and Maker record. I sang on right. it, first, but we never, never even knew. Was it know. Bat Sauce, the, the album? Was it? No, no not uh, that it was Beautiful Raw. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful okay. <laughs> that's what was it? Bat Sauce is from, uh, that's with him in Quasar. Quasar. There we go. Quasar's dope, man. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Quasar's fucking that. Yeah. The, uh, what, uh, typical Cats, right? Yeah, yeah, typical cats. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my. Chicago's yeah. so ill. I want to get into the Chicago stuff, but I can't. It would take forever if I. I feel you. I feel you. Chicago's so slept on, like like the 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 culture, man. Oh my yeah. god. Anyway, and Maker was in a group called I think called Them Bad Apples. I don't know if you remember them. 
them them bad apples. Um, that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, I don't know that one more so. It than was I know. him and like like three or four other guys, and they were part of an even bigger crew. Cause you know it's all crew, and you know Anacron and all them dudes, like oh, yeah. all them yeah, dudes, Psalm One, all them, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was in a group with Anacron. That was Peter. Yeah, Gallagher. and I know you, you, you know Kevin Beecham too, huh? Yep. He was like my he was my seventh interview, man. I love Kevin Beecham, bro. The godfather right there. Wow. That is the godfather. That's what I had him, man. Already know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, shout out. Shout out to Kevin Beecham, man. Always shout out to Kevin Beecham. All right. So the, the name Mugs and Pockets. Let, let's go there. What what's up with uh. that? I, I, <laughs> come on, let's, let's do okay, it. Okay, so as you can see. I I, I know. They don't know whoever's watching. <laughs> um, so me being a cozy introvert, really into coffee and tea and things. And I've always loved just tea sets, cool mugs. We, we go to like the Fremont market. There's this lady that sells antique mugs. I buy one like every week. It's just what it is. It's anyway, when I moved to Seattle... Not too long after we started, you know, working on music and he was still in Orlando. Um, I was kind of like, we were really getting to know each other. Like, um, it just really helps so much with the music when you really know, you know, what people are passionate about. And um, I was in a new neighborhood and I was just like finally seeing nature and seeing cool things. And I took a picture of a storefront that had all these like awesome mugs. Mm. And I just sent it to him because I was like, mugs. <laughs> <laughs> and then on a, on a just like a, by a, a, a intersection, there was a, a pole that had a bunch of stickers on it. And one of them was like two little girls with the dresses on and they had their hands in their pockets because they were so excited that they had pockets. And it just said, pockets. Because <laughs> you know, we never get pockets and we love pockets right, right. so much. You know, my I, wife complains about that all the time, that they, yeah, they don't come up, have clothes they, for women that have pockets. Yeah, they, they wanted to buy purses and then get the purses snatched. It's just, it's not safe. Anyway. Let's go. Right, right. So I sent those two. And then I just wrote as a complete joke, Mugs and Pockets, band name. Because oh, we were during, like, we were trying to figure out the name. So we would, like, randomly during the day, like, set, like, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. name, you know, but it was like mugs and pockets. I said, a complete joke. And he was like, you know, because it's like when you think about it, then it's like, yeah, mugs, like mean mugging, pockets, right. like perhaps he's in the pocket, you yep. know, it's just like the whole yep. thing started coming together and was just like, okay. So and mean right mug. <laughs> go ahead. Well, uh, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, you mean mug while you play the wall with your hands in your pockets. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, that's really how it works, it's man. You know what I mean? Like, oh, come on, man. Do you know that 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 mugs and pockets is is if you look at it, it's a it's not a, a acronym. It's a backronym for mm. maps. Yeah, of course. Mugs and pockets. So M A P. That's why, like. And then the S at the end, maps. Well, or map. Map, yeah. That's so that's why we, we do. That's why Charlie tonight at the beginning says MAP runs the map because it's like map runs the map. Map so runs the map. That's our hashtag. <laughs> and and you really want to get your mind blown right Go now? Ahead. Go ahead. Okay, the acronym for the adventures of mugs and pockets is T A O map Dow map, and Dow is oh, like that. Like the Dow, yes. How I met Da Vinci by watching the video. Oh, wow. the video. 
Boom. Bam. So the map to finding your Dow. Dow map. Get mentioned amongst the pockets. Not on purpose. Da Vinci right. noticed that we were like. Right. Right. Wasn't right. on purpose. None of that. You know. Yeah. It's you, yeah, wow, man. Like I said, you know. Yeah. Do you believe in manifesting? Do you think that's because you guys seem like you have that energy where you manif you 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 kind of throw something out into the universe and you yeah, get you get it back. I believe in a lot of stuff, but I don't really call it anything. Mm -hmm. I feel like mm -hmm. once you call it and you put it in a box, it ceases to be what it is. Because if sure. it was like yeah. able to be captured, it wouldn't be what it is. Exactly. <clears throat> so I'm very like. Like I said, I overthink and I think and I observe a lot. So I'm aware of a lot of things, but I don't yeah. know. I just kind of use it how I need to in life. And mine mine is similar, but like even even when someone says like uh you have a belief or you know, this um in something, you know what I'm saying? Like for me, it's like it's not my belief that dictates what it's what it's already right. going to do. I've just basically observed it enough that says that makes me understand these things happen. So if this is happening, yeah, I, I definitely believe this is happening. You know what I'm saying? I got so, you. Yeah. Focus. Focus is a big thing. You know, it's like yeah. if you're riding on a bike and you're like staring at the tree, like don't hit the tree, don't hit the tree, you'll hit the tree. <laughs> so same with like good things. If you really want to like put your intention on the things you're trying to work on as opposed to the things that kind of distract you, like that just kind of yeah. like. So a lot of, you know, uh, manifesting could be called a lot of different things. You know, yeah. just like putting your energy towards what you want to work is, you know, you're right. I got I'm, you. I'm always a fan of lastly, I'm always a fan of the ING of things, man. Never the ER or the ED. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like those are bad. You, you know what I'm right. saying? Like, right. yeah. you know what I mean? I got yeah. you, brother. That's dope, mm -hmm. actually. Is that a lyric? You need to put that in the lyric. All right, so let me tell you some of my favorite songs. I mean, the whole okay. album's dope. And I don't really like to make comps because, again, people misinterpret. But mm -hmm. and, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but like I feel like there's some influences in there, some things that remind me of, of like, uh, like overall, the album reminds me of like a Purple Rain album. Mm. Right, like a Prince Purple Rain album. I take that. You know what I mean? You know? <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no disrespect, but I'm just saying, uh, like, it just has that vibe, you know? It yeah, draws you yeah. in and, and you're you're up and down. You're not too up too high, but you're not too low either. Like you yeah. guys, I uh think I, I think that you guys plan each song out perfectly where you're not mm -hmm. on one wavelength the whole time. You kind of shift in, yeah. you know. And and it's and like I said, it's soulful and fun, but it's not over the top with any one thing. But uh, be mine, I love that fucking song, mm. man. Golly, <laughs> I've played you know, that song. Funny story that yeah, go ahead, please. in its entirety, well, without his verse, obviously, was on that album I mentioned, my business right. album. It was right. on there. It was out there in the world. I played it for everybody. Nobody gave a crap about it. Right. I released on this album, put him on it, right. gave it like a different framing. Right. Everybody loves it. So, it's, did it sound the same? Yes, exactly the exactly. same because it's all produced by me. So, okay, exactly the same, except for now it has his verse, obviously. Okay, so, yeah. so, so when I when I listened to that song, it reminded me of like early Daft Punk, <clears throat> like, like, like that sort of Steve. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. I'm Dude, sorry. Man. No, the realness, the realness. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. 
after this is over, she gonna be like, huh, "What's good?" Yeah, well, she deserves she deserves it. I'm she deserves saying, it. I'm, she thank deserves you. Thank it. She deserves you. it. Okay, thank so you. all right, so let me know what you think of this one. Okay, my sure. art of chill, dope okay. track. Yeah, I mean, blowout comb, diggable planets. That's the steeds that I. You're on it. We have stories about all all of these songs. Yeah, my favorite thing about Art of Chill is that this is one of the reasons I love working with Swamp is because I I can't get away with this with like any other MC I've worked with. When he <laughs> wrote the verse to it, I was like, no, um, I don't think that's it, and had him re-record it. Like, can you imagine during the past ten years me just being who I am? Working with an MC being like, I don't think that's quite it. They'd be like, what the fuck you know? The fuck you know about that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I wanted it to be, you, you know how his, his verse sounds. It's just very like, it sounds like him, his real right. voice. Right. You know, because I wanted this song to be really like, same idea. You don't show but reveal. This mm-hmm. is that one of those songs that is just like, that was the greatest. all heart. And I'm just like, you hear how I'm singing on it like, like close your eyes, match that vibe. Mm-hmm. Like just reveal. Mm-hmm. Yo, in the I was, yo in the booth, right. in the booth, right? As I'm recording it, because you know my mother passed, right? R.I.P. Man, sorry yeah, for your loss. You know so I was I was thinking about her. You know what I'm saying? Talking to her, but then also thinking about moms. Yo, I I should you not. I I feel like my mom's image. Well, I know my mom's image was there. You know what I'm saying? And I felt the presence of her. And in the verse, you can hear me kind of almost crack. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I kept it going. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, so like that was a huge when she talk about reveal, right. like that's that's been the whole thing. It's like never show, just reveal. Like, man, I, I sung into that, and like that's that's how I delivered it. You know what right. I'm saying? And so art of chill for for us too, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a huge track. Well, that's us. the reason why, like that, that song. I felt it. That's why I like that yeah. song because I felt it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, four, yo, there was four, four or five different passes that I that I did with that. That I was showing her, and she was like, "Nah, that's not it. Nah, that's not it." And that was like what I, I used to. Man, I I could never even get that from Da Vinci at times. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you know they the if if you got folks that already see you as a certain kind of mm-hmm. you know rapper or whatever, they're gonna be like, "Oh man, that was that was dope. That was great." She was pushing me to get more. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, oh, wow. Like, so that's that's a huge reason why I love working with her. Yeah. And he didn't, like, take that as a diss. Right. You know? No. Nah. It's like. He could have. He could have. Right. And yeah. most most people do. But, like, it. that's not how, how his yeah. ego's set up. No. You know? No. He took that as, like, <laughs> oh, it's an opportunity. I right. can push myself and get better. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, get what what the, the song needs. Exactly. Well, it was because you didn't want Swanberger. You wanted Asan Brooks. Right. And he gave and you like Asan the, Brooks. That's why. He was he, giving you Swanberger and that's not yeah, what you wanted. Like he delivered it all hype. You know, it's yeah. just like this and this and that. And I yeah. was like, not nah. this song. Nah. Not the other song, but <laughs> not this not song. This is just like reveal. But, but you did, you saved those lyrics though, right? You didn't throw those lyrics away. No, 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 no. Same, same lyrics. lyrics. Same, same lyrics. lyrics. Oh, okay. Different, yeah, different, different um, delivery, different delivery. Okay, yeah, I got you. but that's what I was saying. Like, it, it was like, I think at that point, that's what for me solidified everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, as far as 
Like, yep, this is that long haul group. This is that long haul shit that I, I want to be a part of forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is yeah. this is the music I want to make. Because you know? we're the reason we move so fast and we have like the skateboards and the hot sauces and so much three albums is because we are very much like you make this dope go yes mm -hmm. yes mm -hmm. make decisions make things happen and it's keeps us so encouraged because if i have an idea for a skateboard and it's there a month later yeah and you can see it yeah. you know there's nothing worse than making an album with somebody the group falls apart the music never sees the light of day right. you don't want to make it again mm. here we have the constant like the feedback of like yes yeah. so when like one both ways works both ways when one of us is like mm, that's not it that doesn't happen all the time because if right. we were the kind of you know group or just like everything you you made the other person was like i don't like that that kind of <laughs> it doesn't make you want to right. You know, right. what, I'm I know saying? what you're saying but with us, so like when i say i'm not sure we take that really seriously yeah. or like for me at the beginning art of chill i didn't love the cuts but mm. he was like mm, i really like the cuts and that <laughs> made me pause it's like if he because usually if i don't like it somebody's like fuck it right. that's get rid of it yeah. he's like uh, i'm like okay let me sit it with mm -hmm. it and now i love them you know so yeah. it's just like we move forward, but when somebody's like, mm, we really pay attention because we don't yeah. do it just, you know, to be difficult. I right. love that. So like no, how you were saying how you do something and then it, it, you come out yeah. with it like a skateboard yeah. is like what I yeah. said, manifesting. You throw it out to the universe and boom, there it goes. You guys, oh. you know, you do that shit, you know, you, you make artistry, it happen. Go for ahead. your artistry, man, that that is like, that's Fuel. the best. Yeah, and that's Fuel the best ingredient. Because you, you want to make more because you see everything you work hard on actually comes to <clears> life. <throat> All right, so yeah. the la the last track, not the last mm -hmm. track, because there's like a ton of tracks, but the one that really got to me too was '80s Game," <laughs> and to me, that's more like okay. So when I was in the military, I was in Vegas. I was in there from '98 to like 2002, and I had bought Black Eyed Peas' first album. Now, yeah. Black Eyed Peas, you know, they're a hip hop group, but they have one track on their first album that's like a dance track, and that's what the '80s Game reminded me of, like that that vibe. Mm -hmm. Like they were mm -hmm. like, okay, we're hip hop, but we're gonna fuck people's head up with this one song. We're just gonna throw right in the middle <laughs> of that thing, man. And and they're gonna know that we're more than just what people put this whatever labels on us. You know, this is showing that we can do more. And that's what to me, '80s game was like, yo, you know, we're more than just a, a hip hop or whatever. You know, right. <laughs> and then and again, like production wise, bam. You know, I know, I know. Bam. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, right, right. <laughs> All right, so both both of y'all are from Chicago. Yeah. So number the last track or the last full song, um, number sixteen. That to me, that's your love letter to Chicago. What did mm -hmm. it mean to make that song for you guys? Like how? Like what did it mean to you guys to make that song? That love letter to that, Chicago. Yeah, both that and from the go because yeah, they're they're exactly. both about Chicago. Exactly. So for for me, like. Man, well, first of all, she when she showed me the beat, I was like, "Yeah, this is like <laughs> I know, I know." I've, dude. I've sent it to different MCs before that, and like nobody took it. So I, yeah, like so I many. I don't know why. So I'm not an MC, and I, I would know. take it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly, yeah. man. Um, for me, for me, like it's a huge respect yeah. to her. You know what I'm saying? Like for. A, being the artist that she is, you know what I'm saying? Being the person that she is, like, this is my quintessential person. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like the person that I can be myself with, I can be an artist, I can be corrected by, I can be, you know what I'm saying? And still feel like I'm growing. You right. know what I mean? So like in this game of, uh, in this game of like connection, um, artistry and building, right? And then and growth, right? In this in this game of that, like I feel like I can do all of the above. You know what I'm saying? Working with her, you know what I mean. So that's that's like for me, that's my like love letter to her. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, and and she still keeps me on point. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not like you get to how some folks will like be in the industry or be in like um be satisfied with who they are they get the uh they get the acceptance of that person that they're trying to you know get all this um acceptance from and then they kind of sit back and chill like it's not like that you know right. what i'm saying it's like constant growth and constant like uh dedication and motivation like so we have other things that we do outside of here where like man as a chicago kid that's pretty much, you know, just seen metropolitan cities. I get to vibe with her, like not just musically, but like even being here in Seattle and do like some shit I've never done. <laughs> like, and it feels like it feels like I've been doing it for years. Like right. T you know what I'm saying? Like son. <laughs> <it's fun. laughs> You know what I'm saying? From city kid to city kid. Right. Yoga, like, yoga class. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's not brown, not brown bag. You know, it's it's tea. <laughs> the boy is out here living. Right. You know what I mean? That's dope, man. That is. It's so dope, man. <laughs> All right. So, which is, I'm going to ask each of you, which is your favorite track and why? You go first because I got to think about mm. this. I mean, shit. <laughs> Yeah, can you pick two? Is it would it be easier if I said two of them? I mean, I know the whole album's dope, but I'm just saying, like, which one was okay? Which one was the hardest to work on? None of them. None of them. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. None of them. I got you. Oof. Mm. Wow. <laughs> that's that's the. If you had to pick a track to represent the group, right. what would that be? Right. How about right. that? Right. Okay. Oh man! Like if aliens landed on the lawn and they said, "Okay, give us your favorite track." <laughs> Which okay. one would you give them? <laughs> okay. Oh man, yo. <laughs> Do you want? It's okay if you want to skip it. I can ask you another question. It's okay. Like they have different purposes. Right. So right. I feel like. When when somebody like a DJ's like send us a song to push right now, we'll we'll probably send like uh, Green Meadows because we know that we have the dope features. The song is right. represents a lot of us. Whatever, something that's closer to my heart is definitely Scarburger because yeah. it was the first song. But also like I love vocal harmonies and I feel like that song really expresses what I kind of been trying to do. <laughs> it's like well, my that, that so that's the song then for you. So I guess that's the song <laughs> for me, yeah. but. I sure love me my art of chill. Yo. Art of chill is dope. Makes and sense. You... <laughs> I get to rap Makes on sense. it. Yo, yo, this, this is. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. 
All right, so, next question. Okay, hold up. Okay, <laughs> there was like mad times like where we what? imagine like most of this album we were separated. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we were separated. Like I'm in Orlando, she's in Seattle, and we're doing this album this way, just passing stuff back and forth. Right. So like we'd be on the phone sometimes after. <clears throat> Had gone down, and we'd be like, "Yo, this shit was crazy." This, that, and so, you know what I mean? Like, so it's a bunch of that happening in between, and then all these experiences on top of it. So, yeah. I'm gonna have to pick two. Mine, my, my, my two would be Scarburger. Okay, for, for the first, you know, what I mean, for for me, for obvious reasons, based off of like the first meeting when I heard the track, it was like. You know what I mean? And it just expanded a whole world, right? Um, and then I'm gonna have to say, um, I'm gonna have to say Art of Chill as well. Cause like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I was in the booth, fam, and my mom's appeared. Gee, like, mom, yeah, you can't beat that. Your mom was there. I think hey. if you didn't pick that song, your mom would come back you and slap you in the back of your head or something. <laughs> I, I showed up and this is the things I get. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on, man. Yeah, this, that was, yeah. Because it was, it was like a time that I learned. You know what I'm saying? And then a time also, this, that growth, man, like that, that growth period, it just feels so good. Yeah. You know? Awesome. All right, yeah. so is it true that you guys already have like three or four albums completed already, ready to rock? Is it well, true? Well, the Tenfold album featuring me, that's already out. So that's, that's before out. this one. So Mugs and Pockets, this one that we just released, that's two. Mm-hmm. My solo album, I'm basically done with it. Um, I produced a, just a couple songs. It's mostly produced and executive produced by him. Yeah. So now he's adding all the kind of reworking some things getting live musicians involved so it's done like for me but it's still being uh, like yeah almost so when's the release date you think when do you think might that's coming out say it again i'm sorry release date Um, release date possibly i'm I'm hoping for march yeah but just depends on when people get back exactly now with the instrumentation like that but i would love for it and and that's it those are the releases tenfold and then um the fourth one is uh the second uh, Mugs and Pockets album. It's about halfway done. Yeah. Wow. Already. Damn. Time. That's dope, man. So, and it, it's only been like a year and some change. Right. Right. That's dope. Like, first day we met was like next day was a song. You know what I'm saying? Like, Divine intervention, right? Isn't yeah, that what we yeah. said? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. All right. So, so the last thing, and then we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, like guys. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a this is a hefty interview, and I like these sorts of interviews. Yeah. I don't like the ones where it's like you know question answer question. You know, I, I want people to know who you are. That's the thing. It's different yeah. when you pick up a CD and you listen to an artist. You don't even know what they look like. You don't know who they are. I want people to yeah. know who you are. You know, it's important. Like it's important for me to know what I'm listening to, who these people are that I'm listening to. Mm-hmm. So, and all that you've been through, on your side and on your side, Scar, the the traveling, all of that. In the end, with all the releases, are you guys happy? Mm. Yeah. Happiest I've been because I'm fine. Like, I've been trying to to make this music now, you know, for a couple of decades. Like, to finally be... Mm. And seeing how everything that I've done kind of 
you know, because even stuff from like waitressing where you're multitasking and you're aware of a few things at once and dealing with like people and knowing when to take a break and all these things kind of come into it, you know, running my own, you know, social media all this time and figuring out how to, you know, do a video and get the right lighting and and photos and even selfies and things like that. Now, when we do promo, like we use all of that. Yeah. So just like, there's so much I've learned on the way so much. I've learned that I don't want to do anymore. So much. I learned that I don't want to put up with anymore people. I don't want to work with and that it's okay. You know, right. it's like, it's, it's a, it's an amazing time. It's like a playground right now with the music <laughs> and the art. So I love it. Yeah. What about you, I, my man? Exactly the same, man. But mm-hmm. like, you know, we, a lot of times we say to each other, like, um, it took 20 years, you know what I'm saying, to find each other and shit. You know what I mean? So, like, as far as, but as, as like I said, as far as music is concerned, like, it is probably my most, it is my most favorite, probably the best um, that I think I've ever, like, uh, felt, you know what I'm saying, in the process of making a, a, an album. Um, everything was almost like a slight competition of like, man, how can I impress this person? You know what I'm saying? Like, it was incredible. Like, I would be in the crib, you know what I'm saying? And I would just be like, yo. So you were kind of like your dad trying to impress your, you were like your dad trying to impress your mom. I'm saying, B, like, (laughs) because the thing was, the thing was, it was like, like she would hand the beat, you know what I'm saying? I would get it, and I already on top, you know, already is like from the how we met and all this other stuff, and hearing the story that she went through and and things like this. Already, I'd be like, I cannot write a regular verse, you know what I'm saying? So I'm already like not pressured, but like I'm. This is my task, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I would I would go through it, bam, and you know when you in it, you know what I'm saying? That's it. So you would hear my voice go from here to like, oh, <laughs> and I would just be dancing around the room, right? Like, they don't want it. They don't want it. <laughs> so, so that was, you know what I'm saying? But that was, that was it. And no matter how hype it was, it always fit the mood. It always was like you being the artist for that time, you know what I'm saying? And that was like the most... That was the best part for me is like we were being the artists for that particular beat. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Even though we had all these other emotions, like how Art of Chill was, you know what I'm saying? It'd be so hype and everything. And it's just like, okay, pay attention to what's happening here. You know what I'm saying? And so when the album came back out, man, like on both of our ends, like we would just be listening to each song over <clears throat> and over and hit each other up like, yo. I, that's all I've been doing is listening to this track. You know what I'm saying? Right, and right. that was it. And that was for every joint. And that's why every joint has like this, you know, this crazy story, basically. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah. It's, they're all like a little, for both of us, nostalgic, because mm-hmm. since we both are from Chicago and we kind of grew up around the same style of hip hop yeah. and style of just music and jazz in general, you know, I think my my beats get him so hyped because he recognizes something that's Yo, nostalgic for him, up. you know, and the way he raps too. Like, 
again, like in Chicago, like I was listening to Philip Morris, Pucks, mm-hmm. Quasar, Typical Cats, like mm-hmm. all of that, Adad. Um, and it's just like, there's a certain style of like, you know, NMC that I kind of like, like, yeah, this is, mm. this is what I kind of remember and, and what made me love it in the first place. He's all that, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and, he is. So <laughs> yeah, he, he is. You're not lying. <laughs> yeah. All right. So thank you. I appreciate it. You guys are beautiful souls. Um, you. The, you. the music is awesome. Uh, don't, don't leave after I hit uh, stop the record button, but uh, I wish you guys nothing but the best. And, uh, you know, just keep me informed of what you guys are doing and I'll promote on my end, you know, I'll put up links, whatever. And then just keep, keep doing what you're doing. Okay. I appreciate many, you. Yeah, brother. All the time, man. Many blessings. All right. I'll yeah. catch y'all later. Peace. All right.